Yeah, it's something you've got to get the, the whole a hang of. So if yeah. like, and you, and one of the things like you can't do it on yourself, which can be frustrating. So if you want your ever want your keeper to pile in twice, you're going to need two keepers, mm-hmm. and you're going to make sure that the one you want to fight with twice fights first, which might not always be the right play. Because you're like, well, if this one doesn't fight first, she's probably going to get a butt kicked. Mm-hmm. But I really want this one to fight twice, and so you have to do a little bit of yeah. Uh, calculation. Yeah, I mean. Uh, in a subtle way, it also opens up other things than keepers. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, you can belabor the point all night about about how overcosted the whole book is, and I think that's that is a valid, sincere mm-hmm. criticism. I don't think there's any bad faith acting in, in that book is overcosted. But like mm-hmm. that's like you could spend six hours just talking about how everything's overcosted. I'm going to throw it in a bubble. We all know that at all times, it's overcosted, yeah. right? Like it's boom. We all know that everything we say, we say understanding that everything's overcosted. But you know, people hate Hero Hammer; like they hate it, and I, I like it personally. But it does yeah. kind of like devalue the keeper just a little bit to allow you to like enable something else. You can play a keeper, but then like you're playing a keeper with Sigvald. Now Sigvald's activating twice, and you're like, <laughs> you know, like there's some other stuff in there. So I, I, I like it. Um, I see Chat Gang's already already uh, showing off. We got Martin Orlando Chaos Spawn. Wargaming saying, hello, you beautiful nerds. Kicker Ooh, popping off and W. Soren saying, good evening from, te- from Texas. Good evening, chat gang. I'm, of course, the magical Mr. Mephisto. Joined tonight by Jack right. from Rerolling. So, look, we have Rocco. He just started his YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Takeover Mars just started his YouTube channel. W. Soren, you're next, my friend. Yeah. I want some content out of you. <laughs> That's it, uh, you already got your sign on ready, like brother. You got the hardest part done. You just say "Good evening from Texas," and then you go into the spiel. That's yeah. half the battle in content yeah. creation. Getting catchphrases. You know, I need. You know, I need my ladies, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I need my smell with the rockets cooking. You have to have a catchphrase. Yep. You know, yep. and that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Do we count the cold, the cold opens like the most prolific cold opens in in Age of Sigmar content creator? Is that is that the sign on with rerolling runs? Do you think, or do you actually have catchphrases that you associate? Um, yeah, I, I have catchphrases. I actually do like uh, standalone. So I'll do like from uh, the God. Why am I blanking on the name of that band? Uh, Sully's the lead singer, Godsmack. Standalone. So I did that in one of my first videos, and I would sprinkle it in, and it's a little Easter egg, and people will shout it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I open every video with this Jack, you know, I'd give my little <laughs> army spiel and like, we used to do like things like the gentleman's we were moving and like, well, I got, I'm going nine inches. Well, the gentleman, the gentleman's nine, we used to do stuff like that. And it's like, you get people who like, who have been like loyal since day one or, you know, from early on, will like, you know, associate stuff with the channel. Like my, uh, my slaughter priest Cordell, he gets a shout out and people I enjoy when I bring him around. It's just little things that rewards people who, who've been there for a long time. And we still try to make it enjoyable for people who may be just tuning in uh, for the first time and you get people then go look at your uh, back catalog and you see from the start, you know, we've yeah. been, we've been, we're at three years now. We just hit it uh, January. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Congratulations on three years. Just want to say you. real quick, um, Soren popping off with the VIP level donation. Uh, $250. Please remember that you're my favorite streamer and that I support all you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Soren. Um, man, I, I don't even... Thanks for buying me two Keepers of Secrets. Uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, and Jeff Soren's been there, like, you know, asking us if we had a Patreon. We just... 
we are three guys who this is like a, a fun thing we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's, uh, it's like when you take, especially what, cause we were contender on Patreon beginning of 2020 and then the pandemic stuff. And I'm not going to ask somebody to give me yeah, money yeah, yeah. during this time. And so not, not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm like, I'm not in a uh, place where, you know, you know who, who does uh, money's great. Now I'm not saying we don't want it and that <laughs> might not come, but uh, you know, somebody has got to pay for these hats, but I, you know, and it's just like, we're just, you know, like I have ideas. Oh, maybe we could do this. Maybe we do this. But when there, you have three guys who are like, you know, we, to me and Brent, uh, me and she have families. Brent just got a, he's in a serious relationship. And so we're trying to make sure our lives are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that being said, here's from the behind the scenes thing. Um, so Shu, uh, I'm not going to say like, so he had an interesting thing happen at his work. So he has more, more responsibilities and he has four kids. And so he would do all the editing. Now I've learned to edit. So Uh-oh. I'm editing now. Uh-oh. So we're ramping. Uh, it's, so it's on me now. So people like we're like because we had to slow down production, obviously, with yeah, yeah. Uh, not being able to get open. Well, that, so, that cold open where uh, you're I mean, standing across from each other to like give yeah. <laughs> that's the one of the great. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I have three uh, uh, games in the hopper right now. I'm editing now. I was editing right before I uh, hopped on, and uh, I did Slanesh versus Corn last night. It's one of my favorite games I played with New Slanesh, which we'll talk about soon. And so yeah, we're uh, yeah, I think we're we're making a comeback. You know, don't call it a comeback, but you've been here for years, uh, three years. Hi- <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went to hibernation uh, year two just because you know, um, you know, the whole world. It's like this is the least important thing right now. Yeah. And so that can, I can talk about that when we get into the other topics about um, it's just some of the you know stuff I see. But then you know I feel like okay, now I'm judging people for judging people. And now I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, 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 the judgment. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. I might have called this episode something about gatekeeping or judgment, one of the two. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, mm-hmm. when we get to that subject, just yeah. to sort it out, like, this isn't, like, a full-on, this won't be, like, a full-on soapboxing, because the idea of gatekeeping actually dates back to, well, the earliest understandings of about 1922, and it deals with communication, not just, like, you're not a real fan if you don't, you know, it's not just that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of mention a little bit of that as we get into it but mm-hmm. soren already gifting another another uh, five gifts of trying to reclaim the title of the mad lad that uh <laughs> take over mars has been giving him a run for his money um hobby bear dropping a thousand rdp to remind everyone chat gang ain't nothing to mess with and kicker dropping a thousand rdp to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with so thank That's you what? chat gang love you all showing up in, in big support sword is the reason i have a patreon by the way he his pressure got to me. Like I know that he's probably one of the ones who's like, "Hey, you guys should make a Patreon." He he told me to make a Patreon, and he's you know he's he's a very big proponent of supporting the content creators you like. Like I mean, I know he just uh, is it Dave G Dad who shows up in chat every now and then. He uh, he's also like a big proponent of supporting the content creators you like. And you said something here, like you know this is the least important thing going on right now, and. It's, it feels for me like I kind of went into my own personal survival mode, and I, like, stopped doing content that really – it wasn't hard for me because I never really did, like, super, like, I got to reveal a bad at home, I got to review this. I never really, like, went super hard in on that style of content. So when we went into, you know, the, the, the COVID, I do miss tournament, like, checkups. Like, I oh. miss that a lot. I, I miss – Yeah, I love to talk about that. I, I miss bringing on like a TO who just ran an event that I went to and talking to them for a little while, whether it's Brendan or, or David Griffin or like whomever, and just like talking. I love that style of content, 
But, like, that's about all mm-hmm. I missed from my, like, normal repertoire of stuff that I really like to do. And so I just went in, like, went off to the reservation with, like, all the crazy stuff I normally do, which is, like, the adjacent topics and finding weird things to talk about. And it was, for me, it was, like, a survival mode thing. It kept me... Running your own uh, Blood Bowl League. Yeah. yeah, Blood Bowl League. It for Like, in the week-to-week, it kept me, like, kind of honest. It kept me doing stuff. I missed one rant cast... Two, I missed three rant casts in like a whole, like in that whole period, which for me and my like mental health struggles feels like a a good triumph, looking compared to the number of like Soulbound games I didn't run, which was a lot more. You know, I dropped the ball a lot more on Soulbound than I did Rantcast because Rantcast is, quite frankly, it's not about me. It's it's kind of always been about checking, always been about that, you know, giving us something to look forward to and yeah, the community. So, right, it's, it's why you do it when somebody. Let you know, hey, this like I, uh, one of the coolest stories I remember. Like this is like a year and a uh, half ago. Uh, guy named Ben. Um, like I got to meet him when I went to Nova, but he uh, let me know like he went to a doctor and you know had he was waiting on a, a serious diagnosis, and he said the first time he got to laugh again it was he was watching a video with uh, me and Doug and we were playing. He was like, yeah, you actually distracted me from a little bit from uh, this news that was coming up, and uh, you know it turns out he was great, great guy. Uh, you know, he, he the diagnosis came back all good, but like, like, oh wow! And w- like another thing, when people tell me that they put us on as they fall asleep and we're in the background, uh-huh. I do that to stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, have like I'm in somebody's ear when they go to bed. That is like, oh, that that's like a uh, no. It's not a responsibility because I'm not gonna be like that. But it's like it's I know that feeling, and I'm like. If like, you know, OSW, I listen to them when I, you know, go to bed mm-hmm. and just laugh and like, yeah, I've listened to the episode a hundred times. I, you know, I've never played 8th edition Warhammer, mm-hmm. but I've I've watched every single mini war game, 8th edition Bat Rep, because I want to understand why people love this game so much. Yeah. And I'm yeah. watching it and I was like, this has just as many flaws, as, if not more than AOS. And so you can see it's uh, that rose tinted glasses, but, you know, you just get, there's things you get comfortable with and it's like things you enjoy. And that's why I enjoy, uh, you know, putting out bat reps, being silly, and not taking ourselves too seriously. I think that's super important. Never, ever take yourself too seriously, you know, like when you're doing it. Because at the end of the day, we cover a game. It's got to be fun. Mm-hmm. Fun is, mm-hmm. is the central. It is the core to – it is the core to what makes games games. Games should be fun. And yeah. when, like, I, when I play a game, I'm playing. Play is yeah, – I play. like – yeah. 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 And when you're covering games, you should make it fun. Like I, I just mm-hmm. – those are things that have always been central. I, I got to say, like, you know, it's, it's funny because, you, you know, we're on this, like, this next generation of content creators with, like, Rocco and, and TakeOver Mars and Soren soon. Obviously, we'll wait for the, uh, the Texas, the, the Texas cast or whatever. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, and how, like, you, like, you, Vince, uh, Doom and Darkness, like, like, all were, like, sort of that generation I was listening to that really influenced how I approach content. I, I joke about like, I think Brendan hobby bears in here. I just stole the, he used to do this or that, or they still do this or that as a big feature of the cubic shenanigans at the end, like this or that, where they just have like unrelated questions to whatever was the entire topic. They could have talked about 40 K for two hours and then they get to this or that. And they're like half of the time it's like college football and like just <laughs> random questions. And I'm like that part of your show and the first hour of Warhammer weekly where before they even talk, they do the news, they do the, the rumor engines, they do a little bit of banter. That's when the show is the loosest it is. I'm like, those are my favorite parts. 
the cold yes. opens on re-rolling ones. You know, Doom and Darkness in his truck, just, like, sitting there on the side of the road, just like, man, I can't stop thinking about Age of Sigmar. And, like, just getting giddy. That's my favorite stuff, and that's what I yeah. tried to. And I hope that whatever this next generation of content coming out is, mm-hmm. you know, they, they cherry-pick the, their favorite parts, whether it's Doug and, and you guys, and, and they and they make something. I, I think, um, yeah, the, the Pants Mafia you know, um, Christian Ware, uh, the, the Minimum Pants, uh, the, the Pants Mafia, as we call them in the Midwest, they just started doing bat reps. And you can see them, like, taking little pieces from Doom and, uh, you know, a little bit from the, the Tactica from from y'all. Uh, I'm t- they need to get some bits going, though. They, they need some re-rolling ones. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are things that, like, we, like, we watch Sifu, like, like uh, t- uh, play on tabletop. They are the now gold standard, you know. It was just they're so good what they do and then then i look at it but i'm like the game is the least like important thing to me the actual nuts and bolts of the game mm-hmm. i enjoy uh the community that's my favorite thing um i do like enjoy the game more than painting <laughs> but I, I will paint when i when i get the uh momentum but the community i love and then because the game like i think doug said this once he said it's not some pinnacle of you know achievement as far as like it's it's a flawed game and I would I would always point out like Warhammer ne- had never has and never will be a balanced thing. It's not chess. There's always going to be like haves and have nots when you get competitive and just. But the whole community that surrounds this this setting and this thing we enjoy, uh, you know, it's the models. It's the it's the whole thing. That's what I like. And so, uh, bat reps. You know, that's just our uh, vehicle to get to the community. Right. 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 I mean, you mentioned the, the have and have nots, and I'll never really be be balanced. I don't know if people realize in a you know there, there's always a clamor for more balanced and more more competitive Age of Sigmar, and you know I certainly come down on the more competitive side, the the sort of rules analytical side. Like I certainly do come down that way. I have softened my views. You know, I'm going into mm-hmm. this is my going into my second year, so I'm about a you know a year and a half of rant cast now at this point. You know, my to your anniversary Congratulations. Should, be, should be august yeah so august would be like i think when i started rant cast you have to go back a little bit and um you know I've, I've had to soften as i've talked to more people and incorporated really listened to them and incorporated their views into what i believe you know it, it's you know i i know from a from a like competitive background you know this isn't chess and mm-hmm. not realizing what it means to have that like some imperfection and some imbalance within the game people who just approach the game play a little bit more casually or or like they don't have six years to get as good at wargaming as the other people they play against there's a real Mm -hmm. appeal into feeling that there's an any given sunday vibe you know like any given sunday of course in the nfl anyone can beat anybody like you know, you're, the, the football is a weird shape, so it can scatter in any direction, and that can be the difference in a bad team beating a good team. Age of Sigmar has that vibe to it. You know, it's a dice game at the end of the day. It's got some imbalance in the armies you choose and, and you pick. People feeling like they have a shot. You know, you, you walk up to chess and you play a chess master, you will have no fun whatsoever. They will destroy <laughs> you with strategies you haven't even conceived of. Um. And like in Age of Sigmar, like if you get your fundamentals down, you you have a legit shot at some at, at like in a competition mm-hmm. because of that sort of that that 
the the rough edges really the 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 inconsistencies and i think that that there's a beauty in that not that it should be you know completely wapajog and like unreasonable and way out of whack and stuff like that but you know there's almost a charm to walking up to the table knowing this army is busted as heck and then like all right then i'm just gonna play crazy <laughs> like, i'm just gonna go for the, the crazy strats you know there's a yeah <laughs> we have objectives yeah yeah we have yep um, play the objectives, you know, don't play the army, things like that. Uh, best strategy is to just buy your opponent's drinks. There you go. Get them so drunk they start messing up. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the health of the game really does come from the community, keeping the community healthy, happy, you know. That's why the importance of, like, good armies and, and stuff like that. But I don't think I was going to dive super hard on the casual stuff, but you had a take on, like, sort of the, the relevance of casual. Is this something you, you've got like a big, like a real real hot take on something you can really just uh, <clears throat> clear out of the way before we move into Slanesh? Well, um, so going with uh, talking about the casual community, it's, um, I've noticed like the more, uh, the more you play AOS, the better you get, the more competitive you get, the less, uh, the less important bat reps are. And so, because uh, mm. I know like, when I was going to tournaments, I always uh, constantly I would watch a bat rep, and I'm like, uh, he shouldn't have done that, or why do you, you know? In my head, I'm like, he shouldn't take that. He shouldn't take that. Oh, you got that rule wrong. This is now fan fiction. It's not a real game, and I'm less interested in it. Whereas, uh, you know, and so, but when I was casual, I was just getting information, getting information, um, you know, because you know, I I learned about the game through many more games. Like they they just you know had tons of bat reps out there, and trying to just. And so you'll and you'll get people who, like you, for instance, Gotrek or the uh, thun, the old Thunder Tusk, mm-hmm. uh, War Scroll. Now, when you're a newer player, that thing this needs to be banned. It's so OP. Oh, it's, the old is, six mortals yeah. on a on a, yeah. on a two up, boom, six mortals, boom, headshot, yeah, they, right? Like, well, when you play somebody who has one in the list, right? Like that. Then when you get some seasoning under your belt, you get to and you like, okay, uh, what is your threat range? What is this? There's a huge difference between D6 and 6, so I need to put some wounds on this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- th- things of that nature. Uh, where, like, And so you can see that like people hate Gotrek on our channel if we do a bat rep. Like, oh, he's so OP, he's so this oh, or that. Yeah, yeah. Then, oh, okay, well, you know, you don't want to... You, you can just... All you do is death by a thousand cuts, give him something to chew on, he's not very fast, you know, ignore him like that. Yeah. Uh, but you view it differently. I've known, like... And, like also, there's the innocence of you know not getting corrupted by <laughs> going the filthy, uh, yeah, like, filthy monsters yeah. like me yet, right? Like we haven't gotten our talons in you. <laughs> yeah. And so, and just sometimes like the ability or is casual is like, like okay, I'm not I like being cognizant and try to curate a game, which we've uh, so we've I recorded three games recently. I'll get to that, but when you curate a game, like what like what are you taking? Are you taking hyper competitive or are you just taking some fun stuff? Because I'll try to match you. Because there's nothing like that will make a game go faster than a hyper competitive list versus what I thought was cool, mm-hmm. and you put those together, and it's just not a, it's usually not an enjoyable game, especially for one of the players. So if you can curate a game, be casual about it, you know, let tournament unless you're preparing for a tournament, and their uh, turn zero is always huge. Like, what kind of game do we want to have? Right. Like, are we interested in like, you know? Just shoot models around, you know. Obviously, we're playing to win, right? And but you know, but are we, you know, bringing uh, you know, 
a lot of aggressive, like a lot of eels, a turtle, and two sharks, and uh, you know, soul scryer. Guess what? I'm charging turn one. Not much you can do about it. And uh, right. bye bye Teclas. Right. Yeah. No. I mean that that turn zero, communicating what type of game you want to have. It's it feels so obvious to to have to say it, but like. But there are people. I, I see the same persistent problems that come up on on you know you know the Twitter, or Facebook discussions or whatever. I see a lot of the same arguments, and they almost all could have been solved with with a turn zero conversation. What type of game do you want? Or like before you even get to your LGS with your your like your list or whatever or your minis, just being like, hey, you know, if you've got a Facebook group for your LGS or whatever, like, hey, I'm looking for some casual games, or hey, I'm looking for some tournament practice. Who's got a hard list they can bring? You know, something like that can make a huge difference. Perception is everything. Mitigating your perception and expectations going into an event, going into something, goes a long way in in how in how you you feel about that game. It, I like to see jank personally. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, this this combo is janky. And so even if I show up with my casual list and someone like brings the janky thing, like I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, I've had that conversation where like, oh, I kind of brought my janky list and the, you know, it's my janky tournament list, and I'm like. Let's see it. Like, I like I have yeah. that, that, you know, that that gear in my head that that turns where other people are like, D like I brought my casual list. Oh no! I go. Let's see how this works. Because kind of yeah. like you, where you you need to play some games to internalize them. I know what the combo sounds like on paper. I've talked about it at length. Like I I can I can actually conceptualize stuff from that that design and into reality. Sort of like connect the dots. But like I really don't appreciate it until I see it on the table. Like I, that, that exactly. next, that final step of internalization where I'm like, okay. And then from there, I can usually manufacture how I need to take it apart because I do think competitively, I'm like, okay, well, what would disrupt this janky thing that they're trying to do? Yeah. Right. And then you like, it becomes a puzzle to solve. Like, yeah, I love so Seraphon came out, my brother plays Seraphon and you have brothers, you have that brother competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, my brother used to tear me up in fantasy battle, but he's, you know, I was a kid, six years older. He should have beaten me, especially with those tactics. Right. But when we became adults, got into Age of Sigmar, uh, he beat me the first game. And then it was a, just a parade of ass kicking for uh, two years. <laughs> and it was just, I had to, I had to take worse armies because I was waxing his ass so much. So the new Seraphon book comes out and he just played Seraphon the whole time. And he, he beats me. It was it was it was not even close, and I'm like okay, and uh, like, back to the drawing board. And, like I take the usual list that I beat him with, and so I try something else. He beats me even worse, and I'm I'm trying everything. I'm going generic order just so I can take multiple things. I went and bought Teclas just so I could stop. Just so you can say no. Crow. Yeah, just so you can say no yeah, to Crow. Yeah. yeah, and I I made a specific. It probably would lose to everything else. But it beats the crap out of Seraphon. <laughs> right. And that was fun to me just to have that kind of, you know, we're tra talking trash. It can get a little heated. And we're just like, all right, take a break. Let's hang out. <laughs> we'll come back to this game in a little bit. But and that's just part of the thing where it's, uh, yeah, it, you know, yeah, I don't know where we're going with that. But just when you play somebody who does have an army that's not casual mm -hmm. and being able to be like, all right, I can solve this. Mm -hmm. all right, I know what that does. Because like this is a, a guy named Chris Michelson said this to me. Uh, he recently uh, passed away, so rest in peace, to Chris Cat. He was a great guy in our uh, local game club. Told me uh, after he beat me with Nagash when I was it was like I snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I was winning, and then he beat me. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, when you lose, you learn. And I've I've kept that. I'm like, yes, you know, so when I'm shooting off your, you know, mock pressure with my long strikes, you know, before you get to go, I'm like, hey, you know, next, next time. When you lose, you learn. <laughs> yeah. and, but, you know, you have those conversations at turn zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, like Soren pick, uh, points out, the Haywo solution: take the hard list and the beer and pretzels list to the local store. If maybe if you don't have that Facebook group type thing where you can you can chat about it ahead of time, bring both your lists with mm-hmm. you. You know, sometimes oh, the yeah. difference between a hard list and a you know beer and pretzels list is a couple artifacts or sub faction. You know, like it's not even necessarily a different model range. I mean, with yeah. Seraphon, it's very specifically don't you know don't play Starborn or whatever. Like actually, just switch to Coalesced. So. Um, let's see. Just catching oh, up. Tossing out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, with another <laughs> five gift subs. Uh, tossing out there. Ooh. I'm hoping they add the demon keyword. Oh, this is that's gonna be a long, long way for a train. Don't come. The uh, the demon keyword will not end up on the twin souls. I will. I will eat tonight's show notes live Ooh. on camera. Uh, I will tear them up into confetti and cook them in sloppy joes and eat them. Live on a rant cast, if they actually add the demon keywords to yeah, uh, to uh, Twin Mikey. Souls and Sigvold, if they actually do that, I will I will eat these show notes. Well, um, you look at Black Kings; they look like they should be demons, but they're not. So I could see them not also being for Twin Souls. Well, I mean, it's Valkia. Valkia is a demon by all measure Ooh. in the lore. Carries a shield that is a demon. Um, doesn't have the demon keyword, and then the FAQ was like, hey, we noticed Valkia doesn't have the demon keyword. Is she supposed to? And then just, no, in pink text. Like, I just <laughs> I just don't, I don't see it happening. Um, if Sigvald and uh, and or Twin Souls get the demon keyword, I'll, that's a Mephisto promise. Glotkin's not a demon as, uh, either, but Glotkin via the story is supposed to specifically not be a demon. Like, uh, anyway, yeah. I, I cut you off. What's up? Uh, yeah. Oh, so Meth and I made a bet that actually didn't get a chance to get resolved because the Packers and the Seahawks both lost in the, lost in the playoffs. If the Seahawks would have won, we would have played it. Yeah. Uh, so do you, would you like to put the bet on for another year? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just roll it forward to the next year. I'm, I, I uh, still have faith in my Packers. For as long as Aaron Rodgers right. is the quarterback, I will take that bet every yeah. time. <laughs> my quarterback there's been some rumors about there's been some trade. things going on I'm a little worried uh, but if we do lose him I'd like to uh, you know go young don't worry I'll, I'll time I'll time stamp the section after this everyone who's not interested in sports ball but I gotta ask you real quick uh, as a fellow NFL fan to fellow NFL fan um, what is that like like our local coverage versus the Packers, we call them the green, the the green and gold glasses. They're super always tinted mm-hmm. with our with our local coverage. I think part of it's because of the owned by the owned by the fans shtick, that sort of grassroots hometown thing. What's the coverage like in Seattle? Does it when you get a rumor like they might trade Russell Wilson? Does it is it doom and gloom? Like how's that? How's your coverage been? Well, in this? we have uh, it's like the whole Russell can do no wrong. It's never his fault, kind okay. of thing. Okay. And, uh, and so it's, yeah, it's just never his fault. And so when, cause he's always been so like such a loyal guy, you know, go Hawks, go Hawks, go Hawks. It, you know, became a meme and to, you know, like, Oh, like he'll never leave, but you gotta, you take a step back. Like, Hey, these guys are professionals. They're here to make money. And like, he was the most sacked quarterback, you know, Hey man, if he wants to go. And so the older I get, 
you know, the less fanatical I become in everything. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm not like, oh, this is BS. He needs to you know, just do your job. Why are they celebrating? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, no, I'm just like, man, I, he did, you know, I got the chance to experience the Super Bowl with my kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really fun. There you go. Got the chance to get that heartbreak uh, <laughs> the following year. And uh, yeah, then you kind of just like, you know, I like liking stuff. I don't, you know, I I don't like being obsessed with stuff. So I like a lot of different. That's a that's a healthy take. I think that's a healthy take. Um, I could probably learn from that. Um, three times I think you've been on Rantcast and still learning stuff from you, my friend. Um, good night, G Dad. Well, yeah, the VOD will be available tomorrow. Thanks for stopping in. Mm-hmm. If Mef has another rantathon, I will paint a copy of Curse City for his raffle. We like we don't like to use uh, the words raffle, um, because that instead, instead of put raffle, just put and send to rerolling ones. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, no, we're we're actually the Shadow Council is convening now to to figure out some some logistics of. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. So, uh, it will be this year, uh, probably somewhere between July and October. I heard August being thrown out. I want to check what tournaments may or may not go on. I don't want to do it during a tournament weekend, um, especially, mm. you know, I look at zoom in at Midwest first and then zoom out from there. So, you know, if, if uh, I mean, the last week, last weekend of August, maybe first weekend of September is Nova, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I it, the Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm still worried because I just had a friend who got COVID. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is still super serious. And super, and so you see all this stuff going on. But I'm like, I would love to do the tournaments again. And um, it's weird because, like, we're very uh, in Seattle. We're very um, everybody's wearing masks. Everybody this. But I had a friend she went to New Orleans, and just seeing how many people just you know not to get completely, but if you wear masks, wear masks. If not, not just just different regions, how different they are. Because yeah. I'm like, so, so I'm like, oh my gosh, why aren't they wearing masks? I'm like, not everybody is wearing them. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's um, we have um, we had a couple people get it in our, not in our bubble, but in our our family and friends circle. Um, the one, fine. Like the other one, persistent health issues. Just they keep coming. Like it won't. Like he got a milder case, and he's in his twenties. Like he's not old. He's he's in his twenties. He got a mild case of COVID. You know, like kind of hammered for a week. You know, just didn't feel good you know the, the the symptoms you hear about and then he recovered and then and then it's just been like every month we hear about some new stuff going with his health and stuff and it's like you forget because it has i do think we have kind of transition transitioned a little bit to normalizing it um a little bit like we're okay we're just we're just in this now like this is just how we live right and some people have gotten mm-hmm. fatigue and they they're trying to get back to to their lives and i understand you know, we all live lives of quiet desperation, just trying to do the best we can with what we got. Right. I get it. I get it. Um, you know, and and then every now and then I just get this like harsh reminder of how bad things are. And, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, I, I the vaccines around the corner. That's so I'm, I'm I, I don't like to be doom and gloom, especially about reality stuff. So, uh. Um, yeah, let's get back to, like, uh, let's va- get back to our fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Soren had it. He ended up in the hospital for a week with persistent health issues since. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's harsh. And when someone, you know, good people that you, 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 you love, respect and care for are hurting, you, you know, I, I kind of shake my fist, old man yells at clouds, wear the, wear your damn masks. (laughs) 
that's enough soapboxing for the evening on that. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I guess you want to just get into you know Slanesh, which you 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 uh you mentioned you recorded a game of Slanesh versus Corn for uh, last night. No spoilers. That's going to be a, a battle report. I I assume right. Oh yeah, well it's 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 all good. I'll talk to you about the game. I'll just say won't say who won. Right. Uh, yeah, so I got to experience it. I I did a uh, little kind of review thing. Um, it's in, like we live on the West Coast, and so GW they sh- when they ship their stuff out, we usually get it uh, like the day that before that we're allowed to talk about it. So we're kind of rushing to get content out so we can be part of the release stuff and. Uh, you know, and like then we you got you got you got to let the robots work for you, man. Like it's it's hard making <laughs> content. You got to ride that wave, <laughs> like that algorithm wave when it comes in. Mm-hmm. So I, I went through the book. Uh, you can definitely tell that I like Slanesh better more than Daughters of Cain because I've like being up here, we're in the little corner. We only had one Daughter of Cain player, and he played Crafe from the last book, so I never got to hear like how bad Harganeth were or anything like that, and so. And uh, so looking at the changes, it's like I now have a Daughters of Cain army here uh, that got super cheap. So <laughs> uh, Marathi and all this stuff. I really felt like looking through the books, I fell in love with the models, especially for a lot of them being really older kits. I think they stand up. I think they're beautiful. And uh, I never thought I'd want a all half-naked uh, female elf army. Um, all right, there's do more fire warlocks in there. But and, yeah, I'm like, I fell in love with them and I still have Slanesh and Slanesh feels like it's definitely different. It is. Uh, I'm not going to say worse or you know better. They've changed, changed some things, and there are some rules that you really have to look at and read it maybe three or four times before you're like, okay, this can be easily done poorly if you don't like. Like, um, and I'm referring to the uh, keeper secrets command ability excess of violence, where it used to be straightforward. Uh, you can select the unit to pile and attack again. Now there's like the stars in the another line. unit. It says another unit, yeah. so rather than itself, you have to target something else. And there's I, I and there's like things where um, you know the, the changes are okay. Um, I actually enjoyed the depravity change because uh, I was playing against Corn and he was doing things like failing prayers and hurting himself, and and that still counts as a depravity because uh, you know. But it's only if things don't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want you to die because I really want need this depravity to summon something. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's not the way it works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Martin Orlando signing off to do some uh, uh, paint coaching, but he asks for you to talk about Lumineth once, even if it's to dunk on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so Lumineth, I, uh, I tiles were my first army because I started playing in fourth edition in that box. And, uh, you know, I didn't know I was going to love them until I uh, I bought Teclas. Just to, like I said earlier, to, I looked at his rules. Mm-hmm. Croak is kicking my butt. What is a good anti-croak guy? Teclas. So yeah. I went and bought him. And, uh, you, know, yeah, you know, sometimes you let people influence you about, like, then you realize, well, they don't like it. That doesn't mean that I don't, and I don't need to feel bad for them not liking it. But and sometimes I try to be wary of that. Because uh, I was listening to, uh, I forget who I was listening to, but they said they didn't like something that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, somebody I like doesn't like something. I, somebody yeah. I like, yeah. they don't like the thing I like. Man. And then so I've always been uh, cognizant of not either saying this is trash right. or that I never use like this is garbage, this is trash, this is anything. I'm like, 
you know, if you like it, you like it. You know, if you don't even say it's not for me, that's cool. But you know, because I'd hear people, all oh, the helmets are stupid. Look at the way he's over here on, on yeah. the on the uh, you know the uh, Selenar, the Sphinx. That's mm-hmm. uh, dumb how he's like that. Look at the this is stupid. The whole and I'm like I'm looking at him, but I'm like, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and it's like, and sometimes you're worried about like speaking up and then getting you know called. Oh, you're dumb because you like that. You know, this is a, not not enough people say I don't like this to me. You know, like this yeah. doesn't look good to me. There's a, not enough qualifiers when people say their thing. We usually go in supreme hot take, uh, speaking in what's called the active voice. So you, which is good writing technique. You're supposed to speak in the active voice, um, be uh, assertive with how you how you speak and how you write. But in the internet, in the binary land of 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 the internet, when you say this is, you know, to use a this is trash or i don't like this or this is bad right like this is bad this is a bad model this is a bad sculpt you're really kind of like throwing out this like this rock that might just hit someone in the dome you know somewhere down the line you have no idea where that rock's going right um conversations with you it was kind of like a one-two punch for me in like how do i want to be perceived as a content creator it was very important to me i often talk about how i live life with a healthy dose of dark uh, of cartesian doubt is of course mm-hmm. this notion that everything i think could be wrong right everything mm-hmm. i believe reality might not even exist i could be a, a you know a je- uh, five pounds of jelly in a jar i have no idea right so everything that i know could be wrong wherever i i gain my understanding so i try to when i do content Apart from my snark and when I'm joking, right? Like I, I try to, cur- I try to make that pretty obvious when I'm being snarky. Um, yes. But when I'm making my content, I'm, I try to make it very clear that this is what I think. I'm open to being wrong, and I'm really trying to say stuff to get other people to think, and not telling them what to think. You know, like I don't want to tell you what you should think when I do my show. I tell you what I think, and and mm-hmm. how I think that, and how I came to those conclusions, and all this information that I as I'm talking through a lot of times when I'm making a point, I haven't even decided what I believe yet. Talking it out, being kinesthetic, moving my hands, playing a game is me currently developing what I think. Um, And I don't ever want to be that content creator who ruins somebody's favorite thing. You know, I just never want to be that. I, I had that moment for me, you know, very viscerally feeling like, you know, someone I like, hated something I loved so much, so much. And, you know, part of it goes with I, sh- I shouldn't take what I like so seriously. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, w- I can't be hurt anymore. If I don't take it seriously, who cares? Um, but then the other part is just, like, myself not wanting to do that to other people. You know, I'm, I'm, I still say things are trash. I'm trying to avoid the it's a trap unit uh, pretty heavily, and I'm trying to avoid calling things trash or garbage. Um, I'll leave that to Haywo. He he does it way funnier than I do anyway. <laughs> he does a great so, job yeah, he's he's fantastic. You know, like I, <laughs> like he's got that covered. You don't need me for that. Um, so it was, it was really I remember a conversation we had that really helped me sort of lock in. Like, hey, this is how I want to approach stuff. You know, so I appreciate that. Um, and it's like you, it's things like you get. You know, I guess the more like confidence you gain in yourself, the less that matters. But not everybody is like at the level that other people are at and uh yeah and it's i think if people would be more cognizant that it's it's like when you have people who listen to you like i remember going to a tournament and telling somebody they bought the army because they saw me run it 
and they put like, oh, I thought I, I, I tweaked it a little bit, but I'm like, oh, like that is like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, you bought something because you saw, I'm like, oh man, first I need to cut from GW. No, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, I have responsibility yeah. if, you know, and so that you just try to be, uh, and you know, I try to be entertaining, try to be a positive influence. And, uh, cause that's what I like to see when I watch stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. 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 I mean, the, um, a couple things to address here at chat, chat real quick before we move on from this. But, um, I remember uh, one of the podcasts I watched that has nothing to do with Age of Sigmar. It's a uh, horror and uh, true crime. I love the last podcast on the left. Um, one of the uh, Henry Zabrowski in there, he says that when you go into entertainment, and like what we do is entertainment. I think we can be we can be open, pretty honest. Like you, you release entertaining battle reports and stuff like that. I entertain the masses with my gift of gab, right? Like what we do is entertainment. And they and he has this take that like when you get into entertainment, the minute you become an entertainer. You must always be aware that you are selling some shit for somebody else. <laughs> like you are always, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's it's it hasn't really sunk in yet the full weight of that because like I'm just you know like the idea of monetizing my own stuff is like still like I, I've done it from peer pressure. <laughs> like it's weird that people. You know, I love you, Soren, man. But it's still weird. It's still weird to me every time one of those donations come through. I get that, like, you know, I that pinch in my heart where I'm like, you know, it's hard for me to take accept that. You know, um, yeah. And it's it, it becomes a responsibility. That is another reason why we like have. It's like, oh, now I have to do this, right? This is like yeah. somebody gave me money, and well, like, oh, I not not saying I work for you, but I'm like I owe you. Yeah, a little bit. You paid for something. Yeah. I need to. I need to do this where I'm like, okay, well, we, yeah, and, but it, it, it's a <laughs> dance monkey. <laughs> yeah, dance monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but, uh, I, 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 no, it's, it's, tr- it's, it's true though. Like, you, I, I do think that responsibility, I know you tried to like dance around it before because, you know, maybe there's a, a semantical understanding of what, like, what you're saying when you say responsibility. But when you say responsibility to me, I think, yeah, like, we do have a responsibility. You know, there are content creators out there. I'm not saying in Age of Sigmar because I think we have a, a higher caliber of content creators because our content creators, you're not, uh, you know, my Patreon money that I, the, the stuff that I make off of doing my show, that's, that is my disposable income. We have such a tight budget in my, in my life. I can't, uh, I bought Osiarch Bone Reapers off the strength of my content. Like that's, that's how I got that army. And that's what's going to buy blood, uh, 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 soul blight down the line here for me and slanesh like that's that's my disposal in- income the rest of my budget goes to um yeah. you know that um yeah, and, and like, i i i can look at us at rerun ones and say we have missed opportunities because i have a great friend of mine that our benefactor two plus tough he's able to do this full time because like you have Dog to is, make it a yeah a business yeah yeah where it's just like okay, you have to try to and then like when we like for us it just came down to uh all right like we kept passing the ball of responsibility and it was easy to put it on shoe because it was his idea and then at the point where i'm like all right hey i can help now because i could have helped but i was just like ah you know i'm something in front of this this guy i don't want to do the boring stuff but i was that (laughs) way when i did stand up when i did stand up for six years i was great at being on stage i was great at being funny connecting all that stuff when it came to doing the stuff that seemed like work uh-huh. When I had to time out my jokes, mm. you know, because I was like, oh, I can wrap up. You know, I was like, oh, okay, what's, what am I doing? I know how it flowed. Well, what bits are we going to do? Or like, 
you know, just the un- listening to yourself. I've listened to myself more in re-rolling ones than I did when I did stand-up. I wish I would, because you get used to your own voice. Because there's always that initial, ugh, is that what I, is that what I sound like? That high-pitched yeah. voice is coming out of this yeah. two, 220-pound man. That little falsetto thing I'm working with, but I'm like, because to me, I'm like baritone, but <laughs> I'm listening to myself. Yeah, like, you hear yourself through the jaw, so you get it down a pitch. Um, I, I just want to address one of the comments on, on the, the video from Warhammer Weekly last night, uh, and this, this ties in exactly with what you're saying. I 100% love the sound of my own voice. I fucking love it. I have a great baritone. It can be super sultry when I want to. I can uh, I can take the pitch out uh, like because I kind of uh, project up a little bit more to the roof of my mouth and into the, into the, like up here. Uh, I can bring it down a register. I can take it out of them. Uh, I can take it out of the nose, drop the bass in a little bit more. I love my voice. I love listening to it. So you're damn right. Um, commenter on video. What's that? Were you good at promos back? I say, were you good at promos back in the day? Oh hell yeah! No, I love, promos are my favorite part of wrestling. They're, absolutely, I love cutting promos. Like the that that like one, it's drive. You're driving a narrative, right? As a storyteller, you're driving a narrative. And so when you're giving, you're cutting a promo. My favorite promo I did. I was I was a heel. I was wrestling as a heel. And you don't get to wrestle as a heel when you're green. This is something you don't necessarily know. You heels tend to dictate the pace of of wrestling. So you can't do that green. The heel is gonna. The heel is. The talk show host, you know, your guest is the highlight, but you're trying to manipulate that energy and carry from, you know, I've got this bit. We want to talk about this bit and you're just, okay, this thing we're talking about right now, responsibility. This is pretty good. I'm going to let this play out. We're going to, we're going to talk about this for a little bit. Um, in, in, in wrestling, when you're heel, you're going to, oh, the, you know, the, the, the face is on a really good run. He's got the pops going really good. Like, he, you know, the, the audience is popping, like they're really getting into it. And you're like, okay, now where's the part where where I'm going to get really big heat. I'm going to, like, get that tension back in the match if I cut him off, if I go with, like, a cheap low blow. Or, you know, I love the, like, the kick, you know, talk to the ref. Like, he just – and then, like, the kick, that was one of my favorites. Like, because you, you learn to, like, aim for the – because as you're turning around, you're already ca- scouting. Because if you miss that, you're going to tag somebody. And there is nothing like getting unexpectedly kicked in the nuts mid-wrestling and then trying to continue wrestle. It's brutal. I've taken <laughs> one. Like, it's just like, like I'm like, stiff me with a punch to the face. I will, like, I'll sell it harder for you. Nothing stops okay. you from being in character faster than the unpredicted kick to the nuts. So, like. Uh, I could talk about wrestling the whole time. <laughs> I, I think it was like okay, well, like when you were uh, uh, when you were the women's champion, did you have like a, did you raise your voice up? What were you doing there? Uh, I did a, a, a lisp. Um, and, and this is okay. This is not something in the year 2021 I would ever do again because you know the yeah, drag for heat and stuff like that. Like just I, you know, I was young. I the the promoter said, hey, you know, do this. You know, you're one of the smaller wrestlers we have. Oh, there, there are things I said my first two years on stage that I think back on, I'm like, I can't believe I thought that was funny and that I said that in front of people. And it yeah. would get laughs, but I'm like, I would never say that about people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, you, you've got, like, uh, like Velveteen Dream, and I guess I, Velveteen Dream got into some hot water recently, so maybe not a great example, but you have some, like, some some of these, like, characters who are, like, androgynous, they're, they're, they're non-binary, you know, they're, they're playing up what used to be, a, like, a, a pretty much exclusively a heel angle, right? And now you're getting like you're getting faces with this and stuff like that, and that that's really cool for I think for wrestling. But yeah, when I was when I was ginger, it was it's like you guys are just jealous, okay? You're not fabulous, like and just like I would like go super like I would the music would hit, 
because I came up to Evanescence, there would be a pop, or Barbie Girl, depending. Um, so there would be a pop right when the music hits, because they don't know who the hell you are, right? And depending on if you're getting introduced first or second, like, you're, you're in a bar, you'll probably never see these people again. Like, you, you'll never... Mm-hmm. It probably a little bit like stand up, actually. Like you yeah. might have your constant hecklers, but they're not, they're not there to see you. They're there to see wrestling. Right. They're there to see comedy. Right. They're not like I'm going to unless you, I invited somebody. They're just there to see comedy. I was hosting a lot. I was getting to the point where I'm featuring. No, they're here to see Damon Wayne's Jr. They're not here to see me open for them. Right. So they're like, and so you have to, you do have to. Hey, let's yeah. get it going. I say something funny off the gate. So, okay, now I have your attention. Yep. Now let me take you on this ride. And then, you know, you know, you're allowed to go certain places. You're not allowed to go as, you know, cause they're not there to see you. Yeah. You can't be the one ruining their night by saying something off color. So you keep it very PG. No, no, do, no, yeah. do, no, do, no, Hey, all right, here comes your next person. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you'd get that pop for the initial music just cause like, yep. and I picked my music very deliberately because that's the first, that's how people meet you first yeah. if they don't know who you are. And so like that, that Evanescence comes on, you get the, you get a pop because everyone loves Evanescence mm-hmm. or you'd get, um, if did Barbie girl, you get laughter right away. Right. So like <laughs> depending on which, what, what the vibe of the match was, I would play one of those two. Right. So if I'm going for hard heel, uh, it'd be Evanescence. So I play Evanescence, you get that initial pop. I come out, people see it's clearly a guy, you know, cross uh, in a cross dress gimmick. Uh, when I had my long hair, I had the long hair. When I had the wig, I had the wig and the wig never stayed on, but like, I liked it better that way. I liked that the wig would come off on that first bump or second bump. Uh, Cause they just used oh, little, sure little tape. Off, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like they love it. The minute like that, like an elbow or a clothesline drops me or just even like a, like a scoop slam, like that wig comes off the audience. It just made that, that faces pop like twice as hard. It was, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Um, but like I said, you don't get to heel wrestle until you, until you know the, the, the match and how you know, know how that goes and in old school wrestling you get three cheap shots in a match three old school no more than three if you need three cheap st- shots if you need more than three first off if you need three sus if you need more than three to get control of your face again you're not a good heel and so like because that match will like you you gotta like it is some of it scripted you know, some of it is like, I know I'm going to, you know, I, I like, you know, I meet up with you. I've never met you before. You, oh, you drove all the way from Milwaukee. We're in Superior, Wisconsin. And, oh, uh, and, so I, and I came over from lacrosse. Like, I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. So I don't know about wrestling. What's that? <laughs> no, no, I was just saying, I'm so excited because I've always wanted to know. Do yeah. you guys like memorize the whole match? You're like, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Yeah. No, <laughs> like some of these people you, you meet, you've never, so you're going to have the best matches with the people you know. Like, the people you know or the people you've wrestled before, you start to build a rapport like anything else. So this one kid, Sledge, kid, he was like a 16-year-old kid lying about his age to wrestle with us. Um, not everything that goes on in the wrestling world, by the way, is above the level. There's some shady stuff, and that's an entire podcast for another time. But we had this kid named uh, Sledge. He doesn't go by that gimmick anymore. He's he's still wrestling. He's, he's a great worker. Um, I think he's still around in lacrosse. Uh, my buddy's company, RCC. Uh, w River City Championship Wrestling. If you're in the Lacrosse area, Wisconsin, go check them out. They're they're almost always at the uh, American Legion. Uh, there, go go do, go do that sometime. It's a great like five bucks. You just you're gonna have a good time. Uh, if you like, if you even remotely care about wrestling, like it. That's if you're not a wrestling fan, I probably can't sell you on it. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this, this kid Sledge, we worked it several times. We're about the same size. He's a little uh, thicker than me, uh, more muscle tone. Like, I'm very lithe. You know, I don't – even when I start working out again, like, I, I get trim. I don't get I, – I don't get thick. It just um, – so, I, I like, wrestling him, we had a really good rapport. I remember we decided we were going to take the, the, the Tres Amigos, which is, of course, you know, three suplexes Eddie Guerrero used to made made funny, and we were going to make it the Cinco Guerreros – or the, the Cinco Amigos – so it was going to be suplex, suplex, I reverse, suplex, suplex, he reverses suplex. I have never been more winded in my life. I have, like, I was at, I was, I started wrestling, I was about 19 years old, and I, I did that for a couple years, about 22, 23. Um, I have, to this day, never been more winded than, than throwing that spot. Like he was wrestling in his in his mask gimmick. I was the Dark Angel Damon Andrews, which is my main gimmick. And you go one, two, because like in the best moves, both people are working together. In fact, whoever's taking the bump is usually doing a lot more work than you know. He's just giving me a post for a suplex usually, and I'm like hefting myself into the air. I'm doing a handstand basically so that my feet are up, and then I'm coming down with a bump. And he's just sort of guiding me through this to make sure I don't break myself. And then, you know, we get through it, trap the leg. He go uh, like, I go, I go. Uh, and then he – and we're, we get to that third one, right? So he <laughs> throws two. I block, throw one. We come back, you know, do the leg thing. I remember by the end of it because, you know, Guerrero famously did the legs. Then he'd go back up. And we were, by the end of it, I did the uh, – first one, I did the legs. <sighs> Boom. Second one, <sighs> legs. <laughs> Roll. <laughs> And like my legs are like they couldn't have kicked. My it was like eh, like a little off the bat around the and the promoter was mad at us. He was like, "Why would you throw that spot? It took forever. It was like it was you were so clearly losing energy." And I'm like, "Yeah, but then we, you know, grab a submission. A he grabs a submission afterwards. We both catch our breath. And it's just called grabbing a submission. It doesn't matter what it is. Ankle, arm, whatever. You just throw 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 a submission. So he grabs a submission, and we're just like." Whew finish yeah. <laughs> like finish. You're just like, and you know if you're really good you're pulling the hair and you're like ah and then you're, you're not gonna see when i'm talking to him <laughs> just like awesome. that was that was a man those see that's that's something i would have never done i fell into wrestling i just fell into it i i had an interest in watching wrestling my mom was a huge wrestling fan so i think in a weird way that's sort of like my sort of like weird mommy issues always made me kind of like mystify it if that makes sense like mm -hmm. a, this is something my mom who became a stranger to me something she liked and i remember her stories of meeting andre the giant and stuff and just like you know being enamored with this and i've always been a storyteller it always comes to yeah so i oh, man I, I went on for wrestling like you said we could probably do this all night so responsibility was how this all started and uh i yeah. think you do have a responsibility once you have that arrogance to throw yourself out there and like, Hey, I'm going to make stuff and I'm going to sell something for somebody else with my excitement, whether it's beers at a, at a, at a bar or someone now decides to buy a heated ice of Slanesh battle tome. Like you, you're, I'm always cognizant of the responsibility I have that mm -hmm. I say stuff and it may not be huge. It may not be world changing, but it's going to change somebody's opinion. And I, I think that you do once you hit that level, you got to be like, okay, you just, yeah. you just got to yeah. take some responsibility. There's that. And there's thing you want to be, uh, you want to be humble. You want to be self-aware being self-aware is like Huge. a lost art. You definitely want to yeah. be self-aware where you, where you're at. And like, 
and you know realize when you make a mistake and also when you do something good you know be like okay i did that that was good i enjoyed that um, hopefully they enjoy that and you get the good response like i definitely love meeting people in real life yes um just because it's just you get that energy from them you're like yeah well you can you know you know you get a private message on facebook or whatever and you're like yes thank you you know i really appreciate that or on instagram but like and so I, there's three of us, which is luckily like I don't read the um, I'm terrible at discord. So that's one thing. <laughs> but like the comments, I'm like, uh, I'll get the gist like from uh, Brent and Shu. They'll say because they read it and like anybody can comment. Like yeah. I remember it's still to this day. It annoys me that this happened. Mark had his wife. who's a lovely lady. And like she was in one of the sketches, and people like were trashing her in the comments. Mm. And I was probably just, like, two people that I don't know, but I'm like, I, you know, in, in, in am I punishing because those two people commented? I have to risk seeing that by reading the comments. People, oh, I love that. That was funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I just prefer that face to face. Like what you do. Well, I like what you do. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Yeah. You know, what's your name? John, eh? John, what do you do? Like get to know these people, uh, the people who watch the content, the content you put out and like, okay, what do we, we connect on this thing. Maybe we have other things in common. Hey man, we're cool. Hit me up. Here's my number. Yeah. Now we're locked in. We're friends. Yeah. 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 Thousand percent. I like that, that age of Sigmar gives you that common ground to meet people. And as you develop, mm-hmm. like you're like, Hey, we both have these other interests in common. Then you're like, boom, we're friends. We're not just like, AOS like buddies we are friends like oh man i was a fan of like just like tom and vince Mm -hmm. and being able to check like what's made me really like like oh tom is a good dude when i saw him with his wife Mm -hmm. uh on one of the episodes i was like oh man he's like he has kids loving family good dude talk to him kid you know sometimes he'll say some stuff that i'm like oh this is trash this sucks whatever Mm -hmm. like that's the way he views the game but you know getting to know him through our the content creator chat we're in Mm -hmm. I'm like, this dude's good. You know, Vince is cool. Like, oh, these guys are not Real just people. like people who I, yeah, people who I used to put on as I, when I went to bed. Yeah. Now they're like, they're your peers. Then they become your friends. Then you're texting them some, you're talking trash about football games and sucky basketball teams <laughs> and things like that. And you're like, oh man, yeah, yeah. We're talking about wrestling. You become, you know, and then you like, I'm friends with Craig. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Take over Mars. Yeah, yeah. We message each other about Rocco, Rocco taught me how to play tabletop simulator. Yeah. And these are just people in this awesome community that you become friends with. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. It's one of the things that I, I, it, I part of me is like, I mean, obviously Age of Sigmar wasn't around when I was younger, but man, I had, I would have had such an easier time making friends if they was oh, around yeah. back then. Oh man. <laughs> like That's all my, trust. you know, it's getting serious with like all my friends that I, like I tell stories to, to Molly my partner and most of the stories I tell are about my friends from the age of Sigmar community now. And I'm just like referring to them as if she should know who they are. And as if we'd known them for years, it's like, (laughs) Oh, Dave or Travis messaged me or Craig was saying this. Craig is still Mars to me because it's, it's just like, I think like me, he gets a good persona is, is, is legit. But, um, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, like just, I find myself like just speaking in super familiar terms with these people that are really become Soren really become a part of my life, you know, mm-hmm. in a, in a broader sense. And I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, great stuff. Um, the, uh, but speaking of age of Sigmar, look at the bad transition, yeah, yeah. but speaking of bad transition, this is, this would be the low blow. The heel del- delivers. I lost control of the match. So I have to like go with like one of the cheap, 
Yeah, you got to go with one of the cheap ways of getting the getting it back under. So you learn segways. You got two left. I got two left. That's right. So speaking of Age of Sigmar transition segue, um, you've been uh, you 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 got your first game in with Slanesh. Um, we were kind of talking about that a little bit. Uh, and there's, there's things you got because uh, my my I have a bunch of older demonets the uh, the Juan Diaz ones I and because they were there still when I played uh, fantasy. So a bunch of those, and I was like, okay, I'm getting in Slanesh. Um, when the book, I, would, I played a bunch of games before the book. They didn't have the book. Then the first book came out. I played them once, and I was like, this, like, it was hard to take your foot off the gas. There were, and like, I like, you know, we were trying to record casual stuff, and they, they were just like a Slanesh army just with a couple keepers or a keeper. Uh, it was just like, oh, you're fighting last. I'm going to kick your butt and pile in attack twice. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna reroll my casting with the uh, epitome. It was just a very good army, and so rightfully so. They got hit with the you know the nerf, and you know then it became just. It, and I should have brought them back then, but I was and I didn't because I didn't know a new book was coming. That was a you know I was like wow. Mm-hmm. They just had a book like maybe a year and a half, two years ago. About a year. Ago, uh, yeah. So new book, and I'm excited for it. It definitely you'll see them on the channel a lot more. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so why why, why Slanesh? What it, what what dragged you to slanesh this like because it sounds like you had a little bit of a false start there like almost and they're like nah. yeah. what what happened yeah, this had, time? what was different initially they were my first they were like a favorite army of mine they're right up there mm-hmm. and i i, I uh, talked about this before like stormcast was originally just the army that came in the box i didn't you know it was just like something i had because i bought the box and then i f- fell in love with that army and then and slanesh was my main army and then playing slanesh with that the initial first book and just how you know, I don't, I don't like going to, I don't want to play KO. I don't want to play Zinch right now. Just because in me, I don't like to play the best. But I did buy the start of the game. They were really good. Uh, but that was a great deal. <laughs> all this stuff, it was a great deal. I couldn't pass it up. Uh, so, you know, all the time, I mean, one thing I'll keep doing, which is I have, I have a closet of shame that is, it's pretty nasty. Uh, but well, you've got a really like, good curated. You got the three IKEAs there, the the three clear. Oh cabinets. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I, I could I could fit like five. Um, so I have uh, and I was like, oh, I can. What's well, it's, it's a studio army. <laughs> it's for the channel. It's yeah. for the channel. And when we play the same six armies, so you <laughs> know. Anyway, so that was a side note. Uh, yeah, and so getting back into Slanish, um, initially brought me to. I had a bunch from Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Because that was the army I played uh, during sixth edition, mm. and so I had just a bunch of stuff that I, you know, um, I got a job at UPS. That's why I'm a UPS driver. That's what I do. And uh, I was 315 pounds at the time. I was just and not athletic at all. It's not like I could go wrestle with you. I was not in shape. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. And but I so I went from playing video games, uh, playing Warhammer, and you know drinking like. Uh, two liter uh, Dr. Pepper a day, mm-hmm. just eating whatever. And then I went from doing that to moving my body for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started losing weight. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, hey, I'm losing weight. And then I was like, well, why don't I try to lose weight? You know, why don't I watch what I eat? Why don't I work out? And so I went from 315 down to, uh, I went to 205. Mm-hmm. So lost 110 pounds. And then uh, I started getting attention from girls and uh, Warhammer. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I'm going on dates and I'm going out to the club. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I still had all those Warhammer stuff. And so when I, you know, I was 36 or whatever. And then my brother was like, hey, we should play Warhammer again. 
And then you go to the store and like, what is Age of Sigmar? Mm -hmm. And I don't get it at all. I'm just curious. And uh, so I still had all that Slanesh stuff. So I was like, I'm going to play Slanesh. And I played them. And then they came out with a book. It was too good. And then they came out with this book, which is not as good, (laughs) but it's different. And uh, so I would say it's not as good. It's still fine. Yeah. I won. I mean, spoiler, I won the game I played. Oh, you weren't supposed to spoil. (laughs) It's different. I like it. There are things I do love the way they changed depravity because there are a couple things that happen. Uh, So he was playing corn and he failed his prayer and corn prunted. Punish uh, the who, priest, who, right? Who was playing corn? Uh, was it Shu? Uh, it... Uh, the opponent. It was. It was a, a, a guy named Nick who okay. I invited to okay. play. Okay. Um, so he got zapped by corn. Corn was not pleased with his prayers because he failed. He rolled a uh, like a three and then a one. I got depravity from him getting punished from his god. <laughs> I did like that, and like I love you know I split up my attacks because it always works. Yeah, and so I you split your tax. So like, oh, this finally repay. It, it, it feels like it was made just for me, mm-hmm. like just like how they screwed you with the uh, uh, the soul blight stuff. We're going after the uh, <laughs> no, it was the uh, the the white knight. They that was just yeah. Just they they specifically at me. They, they were like giving me the middle yeah. finger and trolling me, and appropriately so. Yeah. Honestly, like uh, good game. Like that was like the moment. Like my Captain Hook. Like good form, Peter. Like good form, GW. Yeah. Like good form. Like just kind of got to lean back. Like game rec- recognizes game respect. Like I respect a, a good troll. You got me, G Dub. You got me. Like yeah, you got me. T- tip of they the made the new depravity just for me. They made the new depravity. I, yeah, yeah, because I split my attacks. <laughs> And so I do a, a little bit of damage to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and now I'm rewarded. Thank you, GW. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, it, so I got, I, I read it how that worked, and uh, but then when you play it, I'm like, oh, I see how that works. Mm-hmm. Just like I read how the new uh, Locus of uh, Diversion works, and I'm like, oh, it's not as good because you know you used to be able to make people attack last, but then I played it. Mm-hmm. And realize not making somebody be able to pile in, mm-hmm. how big that is when I was fighting, a, there was, I was going against this big unit. And I'm like, guess what? You're not piling in. That means you're fighting me with that one guy where I am going all at your unit to wear you down. Mm-hmm. And now I'm alive because, you know, my save's not great. Yeah. You know, and I'm kind of a glass cannon. But now you can't pile in and hurt me. Mm-hmm. As before, you know, say I make you attack last. Say I don't do that well against you, you're going to be able to hurt me. It makes you more defensive. You know, sure, it doesn't work against characters because they're just one unit. Right. But making a, uh, you know, something massive and say, you you know, you're trying to stay a half inch away or whatever. Maybe you don't pile in all the way. So you restrict them even more. Mm-hmm. So just that one guy, even if he's on a 25 mil base and he's surrounded by guys, you're just getting that one attack in. And so I think that is, uh, I would say it's not a downgrade. It's a side grade. It's still good. Still really good, but because but also making somebody fight last is good. But in the world where people were fighting first, you know, uh, you know, it kind of was uh, this uh, eliminates that that doesn't hurt you. But I, I think Games Workshop completely is just moving away from the activation wars. Like message received, they're like, "Yep, we're we're gonna move away from stuff like that." I think that's that's just the state of the game. Um, I don't think it's I think it's undeniable that Locust got worse, but like. It, it couldn't say that the way it was before and Slanesh get to move on and be a more interesting army. It couldn't stay the way it was before. It, it just couldn't. Like, if it did, 
this book would look even different still. And I don't know that people are happy to play it again, like you've kind of illustrated. Like, playing the best thing, mm-hmm. is, especially something that, that comes with that, that – I mean, you, you almost start to feel dirty. I remember, like, lining up my depraved drove once, this poor Skaven player at, at my LGS um, – and I was like, I was still proxy, like I was using a Gorgon as a keeper of secrets, but like he knew, like I'm like, hey, I'm I'm testing this, you know, type thing. You know, I turned zero, messaged him. He's one of those people who really, really wants to get into Age of Sigmar, but that whole store is 40k, and so like he's he's just down to play any game at any time, right? Um, and I remember like beating him, just like essentially turn one. It was, I mean, it was over turn one, but we still had you know turn two to go, and I'm like. All right, so like I'm never playing Depraved Drove. <laughs> like I felt dirty, and I like kind of walked away from the table. Um, and I switched. That's when I started going like really. I kind of pivoted into going really hard into like proper Beast of Chaos because I just I felt dirty walking away from that Slanesh game with them as Depraved Drove. And um, yeah, go ahead. How many armies do you have? Because I, I I associate you with Nagash. Yeah. Swagash and yep. uh, Bone Wars. Yep. Uh, and so what else do you have besides that? Yeah, so I've got, um, uh, on my top shelf is actually, uh, that's mostly, it's Nagash, but then Bone Daddies. Uh, my LON is on the, the next shelf down. Um, my LON is very big. My LON collection, actually a couple of these boxes, up this, uh, this box here, that's all LON stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got an army carrier uh, right here off camera. That's all LON stuff. And then I've got my other armor carrier back there that's that's bone daddies so i've got those are my two main armies um i had a bunch of night haunt stuff i moved it i'm probably going to be buying back into night haunt though um <laughs> I, regret, <laughs> I have regrets um and then i've got my beast of chaos um so i've got a good healthy amount of beast of chaos uh, i run them as slanesh a little bit i've started collecting slanesh you can see my keeper right here on the sh- on the shelf right there oh yes i do so I've got a keeper right up there, um, right on top of some God Eater thing, God Tear thing. I don't know what it is. I got it from the the Adepticon stuff, and then some Zangors and just some other stuff. Just that's my pile of shame right here. Uh, it's about to grow. Oh, I've yeah. got a bunch more Slanesh coming. Um, <laughs> so I guess I technically I have a Slanesh army if you count my Beast of Chaos. It it does it pulls double duty, but I'm moving away from that. I want my beasts to stay beasts. And my, uh, I might take some of my extra, because I've got a bunch of extra Ungor. You just, when you're a Beast of Chaos player, they hand you, like, a hundred Ungor. Just, like, <laughs> like they just give you just a hundred Ungor. I'm like, I, I guess Please, I have a hundred Ungor now. This. Yeah, so uh, some of those Ungor might show up in Slanesh. I'm probably still going to do some Depraved Drove stuff. But I have enough, probably about 3,000, 4,000 points of Beast of Chaos. It's much of it unassembled. Um that's I'm probably staying down. like i'm gonna split that i'm gonna go like this is pure beasts period end of story and then the extra stuff i'm gonna have like a little contingent of depraved drove because i do think despite the nerf for um uh the tapping sixes you know needing hedonites now mm-hmm. i still think depraved drove has play and slanesh it just has quality battle line and that's that's a good missing piece of the puzzle for slanesh is quality battle line so i'm curious if like oh we of course we'll need to get the beast of chaos but but the effect of the uh blood fiend are they blood fiends uh yeah slag- uh, the, or the, the slag- new, new... fiend bloods those yeah yeah they, i'm curious what they will do in beast of chaos because uh, that's all that was home my whole 
uh, one of my gripes about when that book came off because uh, uh, I, I played Beast Chaos uh, from fan- in fifth edition of uh, Fantasy. Yeah, and uh, it was awesome because they had two wounds each when they first came out. It was really dope. Um, but um, I, when that book came out, I was like, "This seems like it's not done." Mm-hmm. And when you understand that, with especially with the Lumineth Realm Lord book, like sometimes we're gonna get not done books. Because like when I'm looking at the Beast Chaos, I'm like, okay, there's Zangor. That means there should be in my head there should be gore for our Sland, you know, gore, gore for each corn, of the cornagore yeah. or pestagore. Yeah. yeah we so have now gore. we at least have some representative with that book, so I can see that happening with the other two gods. And uh, yeah, and so like I, it's one of those things where when you accept that we're playing a living game. Yes. You know, importantly, a living if game. a game is constantly living, so. There's the outrage. Oh, the grave has half a book with, uh, you know, and, and I'm, like when I do that voice, I'm obviously trying to make fun of these people. But if that's what they feel, who am I to say that? But I accept it. Like, OK, so half they they came out with a book for Lumineth and then they came out with more stuff later and they came uh, released another book. Yeah. And I can be mad about that or I can be like, all right. Like, and I can also like vote with my dollar mm-hmm. and not play Lumineth. Mm-hmm. but it's like okay i'm fine with that it's well, that's the way they did it i don't ask what their excuse was but it's just like okay i it gave me i i, I equated it to okay i would be mad if i bought the book maybe but it gave me a chance to paint the stuff and now there's more stuff i as far as books go i have my take on books and like this is probably one of my more negative takes and when i'm trying to be positive um i think how they approach book releases just the physical copy of the book i'm not even talking rules i'm not talking layout i'm not talking any of that stuff where they put the points i don't mm-hmm. that's not this take i just think that how they physically release books is antiquated you know like mm-hmm. i i bought soulbound i got seven download copies for it before they even printed the book and shipped it to me i they i pre-ordered i pre-ordered my my copy of soulbound the rpg and they're like here's seven download codes go wild and i'm like why gee thank you for pre at pre-order i was able to download it um, I have, like, I like my Vampire, uh, the Masquerade books I just picked up. They have a little sticker in the back jacket. Here's your code to download your PDF. Like, it, when you're looking at, like, the digital age, there's a way that they could get rid of some of the bad feels around printing that second LRL book. Yes. If they're just like, oh, you mm-hmm. guys bought the first one? Uh, people, like, what's your IBN? Or, like, you know, open crack open your, your thing. You should have a code in there or something like that. And they're like, you bought it? Here you go. You get the digital copy of this, the newer, bigger one free. Boom. Nothing. Look, people wouldn't complain. Like, we, we rarely, like, as a community, I, I, go ahead. I, oh, sorry. I, like, and I'm, I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm like an apologist. No, I'll come off critical of GW. I think their online app stuff is awful. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're in the in the shill apologist category that that some people get. I think there is some like there are some folks out there that that would probably read that way. But there's, I mean, you guys come off as passionate, genuine for the game that you mm-hmm. love. I don't like mm-hmm. there. There are people out there who just like never have something bad to say, and you're like, like, is that really you? Is that really how you are? That that make your kind of radar go like that? Doug, actually, he, I know he's. The joke is that he's a shill. Like, he, he makes his own memes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug has said point blank. He's like, I have negative feelings about stuff. He's like, I just don't make content about that. He's like, if, if, he's like, if I start to feel bad about the thing, then I just don't do that. I go and do something that excites me. And I'm like, as a legit businessman now, like, he's thrown his eggs into this basket. He has to... 
do it his best to be able to continue to make the content he wants to make. Like he has to. Some mm-hmm. people need to be. Some people. I think it's more of a reflection on others when they say that you suck for being positive about something than it is on <laughs> the person they're saying sucks for being positive. I struggle with negativity. Period. I'm nihilistic and sardonic, constantly sarcastic, and like seeing the worst of humanity as a human. I don't want the thing I go to be happy again to become a reflection of that anymore. I Yeah, I'm going to shoot people straight. I'm going to be honest about what I feel. But I'm not going to sit here and make the show about how disappointed I am in Slangors. Like, I, I could do a three-hour show on how angry I am that Slangors are bad. <laughs> I could, but how do I reconcile that to not come off as a shill? I say, I think it sucks. I'm upset about it. But I'm not going to make a freaking three-hour show about it. I'm going to move mm-hmm. on to something that makes me happier, like talking about wrestling and what I do like about the book, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the responsible thing to do, personally, for me. Um, yeah, everyone like, has. I just like, so, I that is uh, that's great. I, I the fact that you can see that about yourself, recognize it, and like I'm choosing not to do that. I have these feelings, mm-hmm. but I'm choosing to. Yeah. So I'm like, the things with me, I'm like that sucks, and. But I'm not upset about it because I'm like I work hard not to let this game upset me. Where <laughs> it, but this game can you get that negative oh, play yeah. experience? I oh, thought yeah. I thought I just beat Ken the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like, and I I I had some memes made. I was so like, oh my gosh! I just try like okay. Yeah. I remember uh, being a con- like watching uh, other content creators mm-hmm. uh, when we were first starting and watching somebody whinging on camera about their army mm. or moaning about mm. this stuff. And I'm like, I did not enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to not all be, you know, I have these feelings just like you. I, I, I'm not always positive, but I'm like, I'm mostly positive. And because I try to surround myself with positive people, mm. you know, and it's like one of those things where, you know, it's like sometimes you are who you hang out with. And yeah. so I've had that in my life where there's extra negative, everything sucks. And especially when you're you're in this community and you're getting all these different uh, chats, mm. and then you get to I was in this chat where uh, they're just harping on the prices, harping on the prices. It's, and to me, it's like an expensive game remains expensive, man. Yeah. It, it's going to be expensive the whole well, time. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people who was mad about the Sons of Behemoth price. I, th- I think the model price is ludicrous, but I think it, it's yeah. foreshadowing a price hike in the minis, and it's like. You said something earlier, vote with your dollar. The only thing Games Workshop's really... You could make a six-hour video about the prices. You know, like, I could make... I could easily make a 27-hour rant cast about anything that's pissing me off. <laughs> Literally anything. I'll, I'll come out... I may. I won't have a... I won't have a PowerPoint because I'm not that, like, committed. But I'll come out with, like, a <laughs> list of notes, you know, like this. And my, yeah. camera, my camera's, like, washing it out. I've got dates and times here for some stuff written down. Like, I will come up with 27 hours of notes. I will... I used to do a, a, a series when I was still at games journalism uh, at various conventions like Anime well, Milwaukee. And well, okay, now yeah. I'm a wrestler and now a journalist. Why am I just finding out? Yeah, yeah. No, I used to do a bit called uh, Your Video Game Sucks. So I do a panel. It was Your Video Game Sucks and Your Video Game Still Sucks because sometimes I get like double booked and so I'd have to have two panels. Um, so when I did that, it was based on there's a something awful thread called Your Band Sucks. And uh, every week, uh, like you'd submit like Radiohead or like you'd say this stuff and then like the, the gentleman whose na- who's, like handle eludes me would write an essay on why that band sucks. And, oh, wow. And just like a full like like as persuasive essay, right? Like premise, statement, 
you know, six sentences about why it sucks, and and then each sentence becomes a paragraph unto itself, persuading you on why all those things sucks. Paragraph for detractors, paragraph wrapping it up, closing statement. Super classic. <laughs> like, loved it. Loved it. I, like, it's it's in that self-aware humor. Um, you know, I'm a big Tool fan, and he did Tool one time. Like, Tool, Tool, you know, do Tool. And he did it, and it was it was one sentence. Your songs are too long. <laughs> like I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget that because like I mean the the humor in that is brilliant, right? Like because normally he's doing these like diatribes, these dissertations on why a band sucks, and then Tool, whose music is too long, as the criticism, he writes the shortest review ever. I remember that yeah. stuck with me, and that really influenced how I, you know, I, I went to college, and we'll talk about my my journalism experience when we get to uh, gatekeeping, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And I went to, uh, you know, I went to school, and that, that always had stuck with me. Actually, I was in college when I was reading something awful. Come to think of it, I'm that old. God. Um, <laughs> uh, so the um, that always stuck with me, and I remember, like, as I became like trying to get into journalism, trying to like bring together all the things that I like, and I'm like, I'll write about video games, and I'm a journalist, and yada yada. I have some journalism courses. I want to write. I want to get paid for it. It's what I've always wanted to do. Um, I remember that sticking with me and then going like, you know, Jim Sterling is really good at like the super taking the piss out of like the video game industry. And I wasn't quite that. There was this like humor to everything I always did where I was making fun of it. And, um, and I did, so I did your video game sucks and I would take the first half would be like teaching people with a PowerPoint about video game design and some of the stuff. And then the second half would be roasting. So they would like, the audience would tell me a video game and I would just roast it for like, five minutes and why it sucked and like and, you know naturally people would tell me games that i like and then i have to roast a game i like like oh, uh yeah. but it's part of the it's part of what you're trying to do here. yeah yeah and, and there, so, like, there is there's a big audience for that yeah. like as far as like there you know there is the audience out there who wanted somebody to take something down be hypercritical hypercritical about it and uh you know that that's just not my audience. I, I think but, that's most of the yeah. internet. I truly do. I think most people want to hear the scathing, the scathing takedown takes. And I didn't want to do that anymore. There's several reasons why I'm not a games journalist anymore. I can't keep that energy forever. I get mm-hmm. in a locked in. Like I said, in reality, I'm kind of a negative guy. I get locked in that at work. Then at my hobby, at the thing I do. Like I remember playing. How many video games I have played that have been ruined forever for me because I had to, like, I have to review this now. I have to play this, say what's good about it, and say what's bad about it. And the internet algorithm loves it when you hate something. And so, like, mm. I have to highlight the negativity to sound like a crit- like I'm a critic. I'm a legit crit- critic because I could find something wrong with even the most loved game. You know, like, there's never, there is never a shortage of flaws in in stuff in fact in design flaws or bugs as features is an important aspect of them but there's never a shortage of them and it's your tone and how you approach it uh yeah i love it's called rant cast i'll get on my soapbox and i'll roast something every now and then but like i can't lock in that mentality and that headspace forever it just becomes toxic yeah you see that like the top 10 worst this and that and this you know like well what's the what's the best like so I, I don't ever I try to like watch my language because language is important. I never try to say I hate anything, you know, because like, you're, you're a, a better a man than me, Jack. 
I would. That's a, like <laughs> hate, hate requires a lot of emotion. I can dislike something. Dislike just means you, you don't like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I'm totally in, fair. But hate, man, I'm not putting enough energy into hate. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, hate is hate is a it's a bad time. You know, I try I try to focus on the love and the passion, you know. We've seen what hate does when it gets out of control, right? Like it I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to live in that space personally. I, I might uh, hyperbolically say hate though. So you're, you're stronger. Yeah, you're you're more, that. you're more powerful than me. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do it. Like I, I hate what they did to the Slangor Wars. Call. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bracketing, bringing it back. Let's look at that Wars. <laughs> I, I was going to buy some. I'm going to make me change my mind. Yeah, see, and now I'm, and now I'm, I've become the monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean, you might change your mind, not buy them if you were going to. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's the the whole vote with your dollar thing. If you're upset with with how Games Workshop is, you can make a thousand angry videos, and I do think that they listen and they hear about it. And the aggregate of the community. I mean, look at that one point survey they did. Remember when they did the big point survey on Facebook? That very clearly influenced how they changed uh, changed points. A bunch of Stormcast Eternal units that did nothing wrong went up in cost because they listened. Like, of course, Games Workshop's going to listen. But if you want to really get them to listen, it's monetarily. Don't buy the things that you're not happy with. Don't buy... If you're really mad about this LRL book, the second wave book... And me, I... I buy books as collector items from Games Workshop. The thing's the thing is invalid the second I have it in my hands. There's an FAQ already about to be printed telling me this thing is wrong. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to grab my stack of post-it notes. Oh man, I'm out. I gotta get more. I'm gonna have to grab my stack of post-it notes like it's 1995. Tear them out and put them in my book like I do for GMing. How like my my battle or my battle tome and my monster manual. It's just riddled with with post-it notes sticking out of it. Like. I, I buy it because I want to say, hey, I like this army. Thank you. Like, I will buy this extra thing, and then it'll go on my shelf, and I won't even crack the spine because I'm going to read the PDF on the internet. Like, that's... It, but if you really cross about this LRL thing, it's weird to have gotten an entire, ha- like, another half of your army. I put, I'm trying to put myself in other people's shoes, trying to have empathy, compassion, those sort of things. If I got another half of Ossiarch Bone Reapers, and that means I get another Battle Tome, I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> like I'd be so happy. I'm like, hell yeah, more yeah. the thing I love. Yeah. Maybe it was too soon. Why, maybe it's the timing. Okay. Is it the timing? It's gotta be the timing. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the timing, but if they would have just said it's another storm host, because Stormcast this happened to you twice. Yeah. If the Vanguard Raptors aren't in the first book, I don't think the game was as popular as it is now. No, where not, people not even were close. just thankful in the beginning. Like, sweet, more stuff. But theoretically this has happened before they just got a new uh storm host and you know and it it came i think it, it was longer than the first where it was just the first Stormcast book uh that didn't have the vanguard rappers or i forget what it was called and then them getting the vanguard chamber might have been less time than the lumineth and then the new lumineth chamber mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I don't. But yeah. they now but more popular because we used to talk about how awesome the community was because every like the, the game had a rough launch. I think it is. But I now more people. You're you're gonna have the more people you get, you're gonna have great people. You're gonna have bad people. It's just it, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's you're gonna happen. I'm not saying people who are upset about it are bad. I don't want to say that, but they just like 
is before people were just like, oh, cool, we're getting more content. Now it's like, all right, I feel like, you know, I, and I can point this ha- this happened to me once. Like I was, I used to be really into uh, <laughs> MMA. Like watch all of you. It's it bag. It's where... an elf thing. That's what it is. It's just an elf thing. <laughs> all right, you used to be in MMA. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I would travel around. I used, uh, you know, I'd go. I, I have a short uh, story I would uh, tell. It's a funny story. Uh, but I used to travel. Around. I went to Vegas a bunch. Uh, you know, been to Toronto, been to Oakland. Obviously, uh, are you in MMA at all? Uh, off and on. Uh, I I loved boxing okay. growing up. And MMA kind of okay. like, like defeated boxing as like the the new you know the new sweet science. Um, <laughs> you know Anderson Silva? Yeah, of course. Yeah, any any of the like the earlier stuff when they would still fight in the gi and stuff, and as that would that early transitioning into like the sort of trunks and the gloves, like as that was going on, uh, that's about when I was at the peak of my interest in MMA. Every now and yeah, then, uh, like yeah, he- you know, I'll, I'll get in, like I'll get into it depending on the fighters or whatever. Uh, well, there's a, a fighter I think you probably love named Chell Sonnen. He, he pro wrestling trash talks. Nice. And he uh, Anderson Silva was this uh, Brazilian guy, very soft spoken. Uh, you know, didn't speak a lot of English. And Chell Sonnen was this brash American wrestler. Would talk trash. Pro he he, he took promos that uh, uh, superstar Billy Graham would do. He would just go up there and cut a promo. Uh, and uh, uh, Conor, and Conor also, McGregor is yeah. from the same is from the same camp. Yeah. Conor McGregor so, is a fantastic uh, promoter. It, that's what he's doing when he's cutting a promo. He's promoting. That's 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 what a promo comes from. He's promoting that yeah, fight yeah. by just talking shit. Go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and and you, I always got disappointed. that after the fight, when they would hug, I'm like, no, I was believing. I was believing <laughs> in made. I thought you guys hated each other. Yeah. I would. Yeah. He was talking about your wife. I would hate that. Yeah. But anyway, I went to see their first fight in Oakland. That just, to, I just want to point out, big everybody fan. But the first time that. You know, and I, I'm same personality where I'm like, hey, I kind of whatever served to me. I'm like, ah, this is cool. There, there was a pay per view with uh, Mark Coleman. He was an old original UFC champion and Randy Couture, and they were both in their 40s when they fought. And I'm and I watched the fight, and then all the trash talk, all the hype, and the fight was just two old men fighting, and it looked like it. Mm. Not saying old men can't fight, but these guys. And I was like, I feel like I got duped. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Lumineth players, they're so into it and like, hey, I just spent all this money. And now I didn't, it's, it, it might have been a problem where COVID hit too. So there was no yeah. tournament scene. I played with my toys. I painted up all the spearmen. And now these great swords are coming out that might, they might make these spearmen useless. I want all great swords in my army. Yeah, yeah. So I bought these things I didn't even get to play with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that, that there's a, there is a, something to like our lockdown or our quarantine uh modifying the emotions of people you talked about like the you know the community's growing that's a thousand percent correct you know it's we it's casting a wider net so you're going to get more just a more variance of, of types of, of personalities in the game i don't think that's a bad thing because that means that the game's growing the game's going to have more money i think it it makes it twice as important that people who are content creators a community fixtures or whatever um, even if you're just like a strong Twitter presence, you know, whatever. I do think it's even more important that we kind of hold the line on trying to keep this community positive, inclusive, and better. You know, like lead by example. Be that good, positive force of this community you want to see. Not the kind of, not the kind of shitty 40k stereotype. Not that all 40k players are like that. Just you know that you know what I when I say the 40k stereotype, yeah. you already have that player in your mind. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, like. That to to be that pos- positivity to lead by example to you know 
Um, I think it's okay to genuinely feel how you feel about anything. It's important to caveat yeah. it though, when especially on the internet, like it leaves the internet leaves everything up to interpretation. Everything is implied. Nothing is explicit. So you got to be pretty explicit in how you in your candor and how you say how you feel. You hey, this is how I feel. I'm upset about this. Nothing wrong with that. You should talk about that because yes. the flip. And, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was I was just agreeing with you whole, and it kind of goes into a topic I, I uh, wanted to talk about, where it was just like when the winter FAQ came out, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, you know, of course, and it's what you consume on, if you're looking on Twitter, if it's where you, you choose to consume who you're following. Yeah. But just, I felt there was a, just a level of how dare they do this to me. Yeah. That I felt like, man, people are taking this really, really personal. Yeah. And then I, I remember Tom Lyons said something to me. He's like, well, I'm passionate about things I care about. Cause I'd always be like, why do people care so much? Yeah. Then I started thinking, well, who am I to judge? If that's how they consume their game, this if the game and they put so much of themselves, I can't tell them that they're wrong. Yeah, for doing it that way, I just have to say I don't do it that way, and I can't be mad at you just because we're different. If you choose to do that way, and like you realize, like okay, because it was like you know there was this whole thing between uh, uh, Doug and uh, Honest War Gamer, right? Yeah, and there's always a thing between Doug spot. and the honest Warhammer, yeah. though. Yeah, <laughs> like, like... like one is like his positive meters way up, and this guy's negative meters up, and they can just like, and they were like, "Well, I can't be mad at honest." Well, Doug's my board; that's who I ride with, and I'm loyal. Mm -hmm. But I can't if that's the way he chooses to enjoy his game. Mm -hmm. I can't be like you're doing it wrong for, you know. In the, you know, I just think like the way he comes off to me, I can't like fine. I just won't consume his thing, mm -hmm. even though I do. I like his stuff, but I'm like uh, the stuff that maybe is too negative, too like I you know I'm just I can't care as much. But I can't be mad if somebody cares more than I do. Right. I mean that that's I, the winter FAQ. I had to like take some time to formulate because like I was so checked mm -hmm. out of Age of Sigmar. I was. I think I've mentioned yeah. this on my show a couple times before. I did a little. A little short video for just YouTube. I um, I, I had no emotions. I was a blank. I was. I was. You know, we're talking. I'm in the height. I'm in the the throes of my seasonal depression right now. I'm coming off. Uh, I just saw the eight year old photo of me hanging out with my brothers for the first time in years at my mom's funeral. And there's, you know, I'm throwing up the horns, and we're happy to be around each other. But like, I know, I'm like in that photo, we're real. You know, me and my brothers are hanging out for the first time in in, in years. And I'm super happy in that photo, but I know looking at it, I'm like, we just had my mom's funeral hours before this moment, you know, and I'm like, mm. you know, and last night going on Warhammer Weekly, I got to be in business mode. Like, you know, I got to be, I got to be Mephisto. I get to talk about Warhammer, you know, like I, I get to like hide the feelings. The minute that show came down, I spiraled because I had saw the photo before the show went live and like, and I'm like, okay, nope, nope, nope. Push it down, push it down, push it down. Do what you always do, Andrew. Be healthy. Bottle up the emotions, man. After what yeah, I bottle it up. After, and afterwards, start migraines over there. I don't, yeah. really, I don't care. Don't worry yeah. about that stuff. Yeah, after the show was over though, like and I had nothing to to do, I I basically like kind of lost it. I tell that story to point out how little I cared about the FAQ. I had so much other mm -hmm. crap going on this time of year. That I haven't played in a tournament since PACA in January last year. I haven't seen my friends in longer i 
haven't hung out with anybody. Like I'm in an I'm on a freaking island and isolated as far as I possibly be uh, could be, and I couldn't care less about the FAQ. But for some people, it was the thing getting them through the season. They were looking forward to this, fixing one thing in the world for them. So, you know, like the world is unraveling. Okay, cool. Like I got to do my work. I got to do my job. I got to pay my bills. Have to do all that. But at least this one thing that makes me happy, they're going to fix it. They're going to fix this problem. This, this, I think we displaced a lot of our feelings as a community. We, the global we, you know, the, the collective we. I think we, we displaced a lot of emotions into our game to be like, this one thing can be fixed. This one thing can be right in the world. And then it wasn't. And mm-hmm. the emotional pendulum that swung back and forth between how people felt mm-hmm. in that moment, I didn't get it initially. And then I did. And when I did, I got angry. And I got upset, not just not personally, but I got mad watching people tell my friends that they can't feel some kind of way about something. And that's the thing that kind of bothers me in the end. It's not how you personally feel, you know, even like, ha ha ha, the unit's trash, right? Like, you know, that's that's kind of innocuous when it gets right down to it. Like it's it's from a content creator. I try not to do that because I don't want to influence how people, you know, do stuff i know that i i do inevitably with how i talk and how i do stuff i know but i try not to use my powers for evil (laughs) (laughs) um try not to right um but the the the, uh, there's a certain kind of audacity that goes beyond saying i don't like this model or or, i don't like this army Uh, a little bit earlier on uh uh chaos wargaming was like Dwarves are trash. Elves are trash. Like, and he just went through it. He said a bunch of stuff was trash. Sincerely, a Greenskins player, right? And I'm like, yeah. that, that kind of stuff is funny. Like, I love that, you know. But in that moment on the FAQ, it wasn't just, oh, the FAQ sucks. It was, why are you feeling some kind of way about the FAQ? That right there bothered me more than anything else. I don't. You know, like, it may be irrational how I feel about stuff from time to time, you know, and, and how other people feel about their things. But how dare you tell them how to feel? Yeah. Actions, what you do with your emotions, is what makes you human. We can't all be flying off the cuff just like, I feel this way, so I'm going to do my first reaction to my feelings. Because then you can, be, you can be violent, you can be morose, you can be all kinds of different stuff. But it's that... But just to, the, the audacity to tell people you can't feel how you feel. I just, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> and then, yeah, that is perfect. Like, because you realize, like, I'm being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. If I tell them they can't feel how, like, they're feeling their feelings wrong. Like, because like, I just felt like there was a lot of how dare they to the company. Like, this, there was a sense of entitlement. And, like, I always wanted, like, this is, people are, you know, this is a crazy time. This is the craziest time since World War II. Mm-hmm. And then, so the points didn't come out, you know, but it also, like you pointed out, like people were looking forward to that with hope, but I always, like, I work for a big company and then when I, and when you're on the inside and you see how it works and you're like, and you, the people, what people on the outside think how it works. So I know Rob has been in there, so Mm -hmm. he knows more than a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so like, and I always remember that, like, Hey, he knows like what's probably possible, mm-hmm. I because I I'm at a company like I think we could do this better, mm-hmm. but you know there are those ties and handcuffs and people who get paid way more than me making decisions that I don't agree with. But yeah, you know, and it's just like all right, 
just try to control what I control as a person, control what I can consume. And if I don't agree with somebody, it's not like I, it's not my job to tell them they're wrong yeah. or to now I have to battle this person because we like, I'd rather find our commonalities mm-hmm. than say this one thing we disagree on. Now we have to have that defines our relationship. Yeah. That, that yeah. one disagreement now defines your relationship with someone like mm-hmm. that feels a backwards way to approach, approach human relations. Like, I accept that I will always be abrasive to a certain type of person. You know, um, I can't change that and them. I can, I just have to change how I approach stuff. You know, like all, the only thing you can ultimately control at the end of the day really is you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Control yourself in a way. That, and, and even then, like, in that knee-jerk emotional response, you kind of almost can't control yourself paradoxically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you're like, I can't help that I... I feel it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, let me... Let yeah. me analyze this feeling I'm having yeah. before I spot up, you know, just like you said, you that could be a violent thing. Yeah. Like I have violent relatives. And I'm like, you jumped right to fighting him? All he did was to, you know, he took the parking spot that you thought was yours, he thought was his, and now you're fighting him. And like, and, but we're built different. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw, like we, that could have been handled so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to realize everybody's different and you have to analyze, okay, they feel that way. I feel this way. Let me try to, you know, you know, like we were saying, just this doesn't need to escalate more than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Like, fine. We have to realize what's important in our life and what hierarchy you have for you. Yeah. If somebody else doesn't match up with that, okay, that's fine. But you can still enjoy each other's company, still be friends. Yeah. Or all these things. Just where we get to the state where we're like, oh, you think this way, I think this way. We're not only like, we don't have to do. Now we're enemies. That's like society. Like, there's so like, whew, I don't even want to get into that part. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, that's getting even heavier than Warhammer. Um, yeah. I need. I've been drinking a little bit. I gotta use bathroom. So no, no, you're cool. Go dude. rant. Yeah, yeah. I got this rant. I'll catch up on chat, gang. Um, Razor Tree says GW is still giving us an amazing product during a pandemic, crazy polar vortexes, insane cultural times, and more. I will say it. GW is killing it right now, even with the mistakes factored in. Um, I mean, everyone's doing the best with what they got, right? Like, literally everybody. Um, it is all right to expect more from the companies you consume the products of. But the best way to do that is in how you approach and consume that product, how you control yourself in that environment, right? Um, I don't think giving the middle finger to playtesters or, like, shouting someone down on Twitter is the best way to try to affect what Games Workshop going to do, right? Um yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it's, the world's just bigger than that. Um, Manzac, unfortunately, it's a product of DGAF. You're still, you'll still buy. My company makes loads of weird decisions because they think they know better. Not entering in countries or factories to produce because their numbers don't meet what they think they deserve. Where other companies like uh, Forehands, RH, West Elm, all go to these other places... Uh, and they are beyond bigger. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the business side of Games Workshop, like, they, you got to keep in mind they got to make money, right? I, I mean, yeah. just like I don't fault Rob Symes for selling you water bottles that say stay hydrated on it, or Doug for his Patreon, I don't fault, like, Games Workshop for trying to make money. Like, for me, the line will always be between a company 
and labor exploitation and fan exploitation. It'll always be, that will always be the line. The instant you, dear chat gang, think that I am exploiting you, unsub. Fucking, you know, don't fucking be in my Patreon. Don't watch my shit. Do not do that. Like, the moment I cross that line, I'd take it as a kindness if some if, if some of my friends were like, yo, Meth, you know, you're kind of becoming the thing you hate. I would really like that because sometimes, you know, the <laughs> road to hell paved in good intentions and all that, and I never want to, you know, you know, ever betray myself in the pursuit of, of my passions. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I don't fault, you know, I'm just using Doug and, and Rob as an example because they're kind of viewed as, like, I think the light side of the dark side of the force when it comes to our content. There are only... I think there are only two like full-time sort of dedicated AOS, AOS people. There's there's some folks out there yeah. that are like broader full-time minis or broader full-time wargaming, but they're really like the, the kind of devoted Age of Sigmar content creators, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't fault them for 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 you know that for that hustle, man. I don't get your side, get your hustle on, right? Make money. I hate capitalism, but I I'm complicit in it. I live in a capitalist society. I partake in capitalism, so. I'm going to do it in a way that sets my family up as best I can, that takes care of myself as best I can, and takes care of others as best I can. So, you know, a real, a harsh reality is that 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 means money. Um, it's mm-hmm. a horrible reality, but it's it's where we're at, and uh, you know, I'm going to slowly undermine capitalism and change it from within by making so much money I can like rule the world uh, while also mastering necromancy. So I've got my plan, my long con here. Don't worry. <laughs> I have a plan. But again, Games Workshop's got to make money. Um, they're doing decent in a in a in a kind of a historic moment, right? Like culturally, uh, you know, pandemic-wise, global, uh, you know, the globally, like there's just so much going on. They're they're doing decent. Uh, it's okay to expect better though. Um, again, yeah. I think it goes to that point say- where you just you know, never make it personal, recognize the business, be self-aware, like those general things that help us have good perspective and empathy and compassion and help each other in a decent way. (laughs) Snit bag, drop at a thousand RDP to remind everyone checking ain't nothing to mess with. And then telling me to try and exploit chat gang. Yeah. Just try it. No, I think chat gang y'all exploit me sometimes. Like not, not, not like, not that I don't open myself up to it, but like your will is more powerful than mine, and oh, I'm here for you. <laughs> Dreamer dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone checking ain't nothing to mess with as well. Um, What's the RDP? RDP, relentless hey, I'm, I'm like... discipline points. It's the chan. As you sit in my channel, you gain, uh, you gain relentless discipline points, which is the you know of course the currency that Bone Daddies use. Uh, and you, so you can spend RDP to, like, highlight your message or do some weird stuff to emojis. Um, or just this ridiculously expensive thing that I set up is, like, you can spend a thousand RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Oh, my gosh. And it's, oh, my gosh. I have almost a thousand RDP. Look at me. Yeah. Look, look <laughs> at you. Heavy D6 dropping oh, man, I'm it. So, that's, like, a super old question. I'm like, how does Twitch work in here? Yeah. You're actually letting me know. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, no, no. I mean... Me of- it's this is what John Rocco does all day. <laughs> I'm like, can you help me? And he'll, he'll like, all right, go install this. Put this on. Right, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, look, Hotspur and Kicker both dropping in. I think at this point we've earned the uh, the F bomb version. 
Reminding everyone, chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. There you go. Yeah, which you may, which you might, uh, you might not. Uh, as I get to explain to you, I'm explaining to the broader audience. Chat gang wasn't me. I didn't design it. Uh, I didn't come up with it. Um, this they y'all named yourself, and it was like a Wu Tang Clan reference, like Wu Tang Chat sure. Gang. It's dope, man. AOS coach and rerolling runs, Jack. Uh, drop it a thousand RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. Thank you all so very oh, much. Yeah. I love the shout outs. Um, Piper shout out. Also, Razor Tree is the hardest working man in AOS, as I like to call him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and multi talented. He's he's yeah. like he's like the Hugh Laurie of Age of Sigmar, where he has like I have one talent. And I'm not even like that talented at it. Like I'm like I could, I talk good. Yeah, yeah. I think I articulate. Yeah, I can articulate. Yeah, the gift of gab. I can articulate myself pretty decently. And and as an extension, I tell good stories and I write well because you know I, I'm trained in it and it's what I do. Um, that's it. That's it. I got a fucking guitar behind me. I'm terrible at it. Like, but <laughs> Razor Tree. Jared, he's like multi-talented. Like he's done his own logo design. He's freaking. Po- he's doing. Uh, he's doing like podcast-style stuff. He also does some bat raps. Like he he's a musician. I heard him do his guttural like death uh, death metal like ooh, one day, and I'm just like, how? Like it'll it'll blow my vocal cords right out. <laughs> <laughs> so so like like huge like Hugh Laurie who played House like great actor plays piano can sing can write he has a book like at some point you're offensively talented that sir is you is you razor tree <laughs> um let's see man zach minis popping off three times reminding us checking and none to mess with um yeah so i i guess i mean we we already kind of segued into you know the heavy topic for the evening without getting really to yeah, for sure. Much much time to 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 linger on Slanesh. Um, I guess just a just a quick summary on on Slanesh, what you're excited about. You already kind of mentioned why you're into it, and sort of maybe some uh, some schemes. What are your what are your what are your plans with it going forward? Uh, yeah, I love the. Um, I'm looking into the models now. I, the models are amazing. Somebody mentioned the uh, three units with a parachute pants, uh, and, and it's like you, you, they're getting to the point where. Like, so I'm getting my Lumineth commissioned by a local painter. Uh, he's the Paint Smithy on Instagram if you want to check this stuff out. It's a great, beautiful painter, a uh, guy named Noah. And the models are just so good now. Like, I'm a f- they'll look worse if I paint them. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, I got it's very, it's an interesting backhanded compliment that I got, but I was like, okay, I'll accept it for what it is. The guy, uh, one of the guys who does BCP, the app. Uh, he looked at my model and he's like, huh, you're a better painter than I thought you'd be. <laughs> in my hand, I'm like, what does mean? <laughs> Spe- <I'm> like, <laughs> speaking of... Yeah, yeah. And so, like, uh, you know, it's like, in, you, there's something you'll never get back is time, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, painting is something that I have to do. I prefer the game. And if, like, as far as the rerolling one, guys... You know, I was a guy who would go to tournaments. I was, you know, ranked. I would, you know, I've won, you know, ten or twelve uh, RTTs. I've gotten second at a GT. Uh, so I share this on uh, Warhammer Weekly. So the year the Seven F book came out, they won one GT, mm-hmm. and that was against me. <laughs> I lost to a 
uh, it was just, you know, I'm the, the type of player I am where I'm, I show up to the table and that's when I start preparing. I'm like, okay, what do we got? What's the puzzle to solve here? I don't prep. I know what I'm bringing. I'll see what they have. Okay, so enough. I know how they play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know really do that well. Um, uh, but I know that is my personality. This is something I kind of work on a little bit. But, uh, yeah. And so... I mean, so that, that ties in with your, with your comedy approach, too. Like, you were talking about your comedy yeah. and how you yeah. approach stand-up. That, I mean, it, it catches me as no surprise that the way you approach your stand-up comedy is similar to how you approach Age of Sigmar, which is also sort of a social, social-skilled social endeavor, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Sorry, good continue. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good connection. Uh, yeah, and so I knew time is something I'm never getting back. I'm not the fastest painter. And, and so and I was like, okay, if I work – Overtime, say I work two hours overtime, I can get a unit uh, uh, commissioned. And like, oh, I'll just I'll work. I started working on Saturdays a little bit. So I was like, all right. Yeah, I worked a little bit now because he put 90 hours in my techlist. This, if you look at the techlist model, it's beautiful. 90 hours. My goodness. Wow. We're hearing Vince, Vince talk about how long he does. I'm like, whoa, man, are you adding hours to the week? Oh, uh, I'll do it this time. Uh, so dreamer seven, four SU three times. You did it. And I think a thousand is the curse word, right? No, it, the, the, after you, it's just, a the first one I say mess, uh, mess with it's after they do it a few times. It just becomes F with. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is definitely, <laughs> We're um, in F with territory now. When, uh, yeah, I, I got messaged cause like we, like we got a message early on where we had a teacher uh, thanking us. I'm sorry. You need to uh, do that with more should... with, with more oomph. I need I need a little bit more chat gang. Okay, sorry. Uh, from Dreamer S4 74 uh, SU uh, three relentless discipline points for thousand chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. There you See, go. Okay, I, I so put the emphasis there. <laughs> yeah, on the app because like I, so <laughs> early on we got a message from a teacher saying, "Hey, uh." You know, and it wasn't nothing conscious. They thanked us for not swearing and being vulgar. Yeah. Because he was able to share our stuff with his chat. You yeah. know, I have two kids and Shu has four kids. And I was on, it might have been on here. And so I was like, oh my God, I didn't know Jack swore. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had Doug on here once. He still didn't swear. And I'm told that he like, he, 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 he's been known to in person. And like, I'm like, I still don't believe it. Yeah. But like I, I keep a mature tag oh on gosh. here because we get into some a lot deeper than just the toy the, the toy soldiers, right? Oh, like shit. so, so I keep a mature tag and and yeah. that sort of authenticity. Like, we try to keep light every one ones. Like, I, like I'll tell you this because like, you know, I'm not trying to see anybody else as my enemy. Like they can have different viewpoints. I know we mentioned Obama in a sketch early on, mm. and we got people upset with that. And I'm like, you know, and like like shoe. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to say shoot other people, but I already said his name. Would like try to like do a joke, and like and make fun of white people. Just like like, and I think that's low hanging. Just like oh, well, you know, just just because you're white, you like just and it, like you see that that's low hanging fruit. People do that. I don't, I don't like that. I didn't do that on stage. And I'm like white people do this. You know what? Black people do this. I never uh, never like I just happen to be black, and so it's never like. And I get messages like people like, oh, my gosh, it's uh, finally somebody who looks like me play Warhammer. I'm like that wasn't my intent. But I will like, th- oh, that's awesome that you feel that way. Well, but, representation and not saying that's matter. not bad, yeah. but it was, even on stage, I was just a comedian. Yeah. Like race wasn't a huge thing. So I didn't want to do jokes where, oh, because he's white, he's lame. 
I yeah. hate jokes like that. And so I tried to curtail that because I think we're all Don't worry, I'll make individuals. Plenty of them. I'll make I'll make plenty of them for you. <laughs> like we're just trying to I just trying to put out positive content where everybody can enjoy. Doesn't matter who what you think or who you like, we're trying to not be offensive and just have a good time. Yeah. The positive energy, you feel like you're there with us. We're trying to have a good time when we play. You, you go, That's what I, I don't want to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you, you go a lot yeah, more of the, the wholesome humor. Like, you're not going for the SNL. Like, political humor. Yeah. Um, there's actually a video, uh, a, a gentleman I, I like to watch from time to time. I, uh, he, he says there's, like, political humor isn't funny. Like, he just straight up says, and I like stand-up comedy as, like, a, as an art. As, like, um... You know, I actually really like Bill Burr, who I think is one of the the dying sort of shock comedians out there, like the very negative, very stuff. But like when you realize what he's doing as a comedian is he's digging himself into a hole and then comedying himself out of the hole. So in the early in the early parts, <laughs> yeah. he like offends the audience on purpose. And like, I mean, he's the only guy in the world that could probably go off for 15 minutes on the city of Philadelphia just making fun of it. Like with some of the, yeah. the worst, crassest, just disgusting takes in the in the world, and get them laughing while they're booing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, that man might be some kind of a piece of shit or not. I don't know him personally, but he is an artist to do. You know, like like I respect com- like I love comedy as a, as an art, and, I, and just there's this take that like no political humor is funny or no no political humor is good. It can be funny, but like is. Set up on punchline as a joke works. Like think about like someone like Mitch Hedberg, like who's very apolitical with his with his comedy. Um, yeah, you know he, this 100%. is the yeah this is the like you know I like you know I I like you know I like an escalator because an escalator can never break down it can only become stairs, right? Like that sort of just just observational like humor. Um, that's harder to that's harder to do because you have to understand jokes. It doesn't predicate mm-hmm. itself on bias like if i make fun of if, like co- the cold opens for snl which punch both ways you know from they'll make fun of hillary they were making fun of hillary and they were making fun of uh uh, uh trump pretty st- uh pretty consistently i i know that they have a left lean but they but the as political constructs and jokes go they rely a, a better example might even be um uh the alaskan uh, uh senator whose name i forget uh, off the top of my head, Palin. Yeah, Palin. Sarah Palin. Yeah, Sarah Palin. They had le- like uh, they had they had Tina Fey do a stellar Sarah Sarah Palin, and then they actually had Sarah Palin on with the Sarah Palin impersonator to like a good that all that humor predicates itself on our bias of that, and mm-hmm. all humor is essentially like playing with some form of bias or cognitive understanding, some sort of subversion. Right, you're you're always subverting something. The thing is that it comes in with the subversion automatically done for you, and that's why this – that was the argument this 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 comedian was making, that all political humor is bad. It's, oh, I can – like, just so you can get into a whole thing talking about wrestling, talking about uh, MMA with me, I can do a whole thing talking about humor because mm-hmm. we try – we incorporated it. And this is the first time doing Rerolling Ones is that I tried to be funny with other people. And you realize not everybody – has the same like like sense of humor, and so you know, and you and there were there are times where you're like I value my friendship more than I value this sketch, 
So I'm going like I I'm not don't want to argue this. Like, hey man, let's just do this. But like I thought my version was funnier, but we have different sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And like sending sending it out to the masses, like in the comedy club, put it out there. You knew if it was funny because they would laugh right there. Right. Quick, quick, quick yeah. react. It was great. And then when you when somebody can ask you a question after they saw your funny thing and you realize some people like you mentioned like nuance and like oh i was being sarcastic some people just don't read sarcasm yeah some people like though oh like and i remember i did this bit about uh my dad dying and it was like it was one of the first bits that i wrote that wasn't true oh okay. or like because it's like I don't, yeah it was just like in the bit my dad died and having people come up after me and talk to me about it and oh. like seeing the hurt in their face i'm like oh man that's not true and i'm like oh like you angry i'm like oh man this is a, a dangerous tool mm-hmm. i was just going for the laugh and then so you try to be you know we try to add funny like music behind in like the bed just so people this isn't serious you know this is all you know just uh, taking tongue-in-cheek but some people still like did you really do that no no man that's not that didn't happen man <laughs> well no I mean- it, it, it's an interesting world like you said, you're making comedy with, with like multiple people and then you're like throwing it out yeah. to like a wider audience than, than a club. Like when you're in a club, you can read the energy in the room. You can put an emphasis yeah. on a different yeah. part of the joke, right? Like you can, like if the punchline's here and like the part that sets up the punchline is maybe like the character mood you're in, like, you know, like how your energy is, you can adjust mm-hmm. on the fly. When you were pre-record mm-hmm. that video and you throw that out to the world, that's it, right? Like you, you, you live yeah, or die by what you recorded. <laughs> and yeah, it's i mean it's, trying to edit youtube trying to edit a joke where like in a comedy club pauses are important like having a pause in like it's one of the best feelings when they're every word you're saying they're on it yeah and you know there's about to be an eruption because i know as the performer there's going to be this place is going to be going crazy in three seconds yeah but right now we're sitting in silence and it's ramping up boom for the like YouTube jokes and for sketches, is it was different for me. I'm like, hey man, you're cutting these clips too close together. Yeah. There's no, there's no, this doesn't seem natural because people don't talk on top of each other. Right. You talk and then you reply, but you're like, Accidentally oh, this is how you do it someone. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it doesn't feel like a natural, but I'm like, it's not what our whole videos are about. It's just, it came organically and it's what we're known for. And like, we, it's kind of like we, and like you're like I can't trying to think of a sketch like oh man, golly, uh, just trying to come up with a sketch. What's funny? Like like what have we done? It's like almost like you're three years in. Like oh, did we do that one already? I don't know. Until you get a notebook trying to think about sketches, and you know I want to go back to using the green screen. I want to go back to especially because I got back. I'm getting back in shape. <laughs> I got a little fat there. <laughs> yeah, you've been. I've seen you've been working uh, out like uh over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it's. Uh, like oh man, this I've been drinking. Like I had it, it, interesting. If you go back to the beginning of the re, uh, rerolling ones, this is the first time I've actually shared this. Um, I had a TIA, which is a micro stroke, and I mm. did not know. Uh, and you can tell, uh, I can tell definitely, because I'm having uh, trouble finding words. I was yeah. having a lot of word finding problems, and I was like, oh then you know it's corn, everything's blood. It's hard to come up, but I I was in a fog, mm. and I end up like going through a lot of health stuff. I went to the doctor a bunch. Uh, and they did MRI. They saw it there. I ended up having a, uh, a surgery on my heart. They like go through your groin, patch your heart up. And I'm like, I'm, and so I started getting weight because I'm just like, oh, I thought I was going to die. 
yeah. you know, because, uh, but no, I'm back to myself. I'm back at the gym. I'm cognitively there. There's one of the reasons I had to stop doing stand up because you have to be quick. You have to be blah, 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 blah. But if you can't figure out what this is like, um, mug, you know, and it's just, yeah. you're having that little thing, but now, and so that's me going back in the gym. I'm, I'm getting back to where I was. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that can be, that can be hard. I'm, I'm happy you're here, man. You've, I know you hear this a lot probably from people, but you, you, you and the re-rolling ones true have improved my life. I think I resonate a lot more with you because, you know, we got the wrestling thing in common, the NFL, you know, we make fun of each other and the comedy. I think that, you know, so I talked to you a little bit more, um, Shu and, and Brent both have some RPG and some vampire stuff. So I know I could I, I jive with them too, but I don't know what it is. It's go ahead. Um, Oh no! Say they're like it's interesting. They're musicians. They were both in bands and stuff. Yeah. And like hearing, seeing they can connect on that. I'm like, I have no, like I couldn't play a thing. I can. I'm like, if I go to karaoke, I'm probably one of the better singers there. But I can't. Like if there's no words and melody for me to sing with, mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> I only can sing songs I've heard before. Yeah. I can't do anything original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, but I'm just wanted to say, like, I, I'm, like, I'm happy you're still here, man. You've, you've influenced just even how I approach content. Like, I try to be a more positive person. Like you said, you got to surround yourself with, with positive people, and you're one of those, one of those conversations that just sticks with me that we've had, where I'm like, you know, I find myself going into that dark place, and I go, you know, I always, always remember you saying that first time, you called something trash, and someone, and you, you got to to feel the the reaction yourself you know back at you I, i'll never forget that i'm like i never want to do that to somebody i have i know i have like i you know i called Ogremaw tribes a you know a tragedy of a book i've i've had some strong takes but overall when i've engaged uh, engaged myself you know cognitively and i'm being conscious i you know i try not to nobody's perfect but you know again you know thank you for sharing that man that's um, and I'm glad you're you're feeling a little bit more like yourself, and you're getting to the gym and stuff. Having a, a platform where you're comfortable enough to invulnerable enough, because you are the Joe Rogan of AOS. So we're able to. You just made me feel comfortable. Like I don't. I want to share this stuff because this is a topic. You know. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to slant, talk about Slanish more, but one of the topics I was like, it's I would think about was. Yeah, yeah. The game is like the least important part. It's there. It's what we're here. But the people is what I enjoy the most. Yeah. And when you like, even though we have different viewpoints, mm-hmm. just like in society, we think different things. We can still. I still love Rob, the honest world gamer. Dan, dispossessed Dan. He lives in Vancouver, which is like a few hours north. I've hung out with him multiple times. Lovely guy. And just like we can have disagreements about this specific thing, but still be cool. And other things that we do have commonalities. We still love this game. We still uh, uh, consume content on Twitter and uh, YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. You because know, there are people who play OS who've never heard of any of us. Right. Right. Like yeah, you have the and you realize like yeah, is we're we're a niche of a niche of a niche, and then but we can still cultivate this community and still, you know, like become friends with people like Razor Tree and uh, Honest. Uh, not honest one gamer. Uh, <laughs> Razor Tree, John Rocco, and uh, Craig at uh, Takeover Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, saying games off. I, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's up to the individual. Usually, I try to when I'm doing the broadcast go with their handles because that's how they choose to present themselves. You know, for conversation. So I don't want to like out people. Everyone's got their own privacy levels, right? Um, I I. 
yeah. So like, but like some people have like their Twitter handle will be their like first name, and then like their Twitch handle or vice versa. So it's it gets a little complicated, but usually basically I address them how they they've addressed themselves to me. So um, that's I think the I think that's just in general that's just Twitch etiquette. That's how we you know that's how I learned it. Um, but yeah, just just like resetting one thing real quick. Um, AOS, the AOS part of Rantcast is the Mirage. Like it's <laughs> like we were gonna talk Slanesh tonight. Yeah, no, we weren't. <laughs> we 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 lied to you like Games Workshop did with a battle film yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Like <laughs> those uh, blood fiends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those like yeah, oh, too soon, too soon. <laughs> Let them get a new War Scroll. Bees uh, of Chaos book comes out. Then you go buy them. There you go. There you go. It's a misprint. They're going to FAQ it, man. I have hope. I have hope. I Yeah, I don't want to beat that dead horse. I know we, we beat it a little uh, hard on, on Warhammer Weekly last night. We kind of, like, I kept using it as a low-hanging fruit whenever I don't want to think too hard about the subject because it's five hours of talking. I don't oh, yeah. know. You just have to do <laughs> Yeah. You got to have, like, um, you got to have, like, sort of safety blank, con- conversational safety blankets when you're you're going through on, on stuff like that. I mean, it's live broadcast is hard. Everybody. Okay. I, this isn't hard. I love doing this. <laughs> no, it's there's parts of it are hard. Um, look, anything. Um, uh, there, there are names I just noticed yesterday. So thank you for calling out again, <laughs> but no, I, I think, uh, just, just to kind of like, uh, put a ribbon on what you were saying there. Um, I think it starts with respect, and when you respect other people in the community, you can disagree about stuff and still like each other. I, Rob and I, we've we've disagreed on on things pretty openly on Twitter. We've had a, I want to call it like a beef or anything like that, because it's usually like Rob will say something, I'll respond to him, and then it's like other people responding to me, and then like so it looks yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it looks more in. negative than it. You know, Rob just says, you know, I I doubt Rob really has time to watch anybody else's content or really mm-hmm. engage with it in any deeper way than just, you know, that sort of like cordial level. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I've like, you know, when he, he was, you know, he, he says some stuff I disagree with and I, I do that, but I respect him enough to where like, I'm just disagreeing with that take, not him, the human as a, at the core of his being, you know, he's, if you meet him that like jovial, like happy Brit guy, like he is that. And I, I say Brit guy as an American because now all the Americans watching go, oh yeah, we know what you're talking about. But uh, <laughs> obviously to him, like, there's no general, uh, you know, stand stock standard copy copy pasted British individual in in Britain. But uh, yeah, so I guess every time we try to talk about Slanesh, we just keep talking about everything else anyway. So uh, the pretense is gone. The mirage is over. Uh, if you made it this far uh, into Rantcast, hoping for Slanesh hot takes, um, my bad. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, edit that part out of the, uh, the topic. <laughs> yeah, we'll just edit it. Yeah, I just, I won't even title it Slanesh. <laughs> like, it won't even be in the title anymore. Um, no, we, we, one of the, the, the heavier topics or, or I think it's something we're all becoming quickly aware of is this, this concept of gatekeeping. And now I want to, before I kind of let you talk about this, cause this, you actually kind of pitched this to me and I had a dream. I was recording a video about gatekeeping and like, it's actually like it was in between two stress dreams. Like I literally had a dream right before I dreamed I was recording uh, a video about gatekeeping. I literally had a dream where I was in my room waking up from bed in, I tend to sleep in like just boxers um, you know, 
and I, so I'm waking up in just my boxers, and all my camera equipment was in my room, and Vince and Tom were sitting in my room recording Warhammer Weekly. And I'm like, I, and I wake up from under the covers. I'm like, and I'm just like, I guess we're doing Warhammer Weekly now. And then, like, I had to get dressed under the covers. <laughs> like, it was a wild dream. Um, uh, like, so I had the, this dream, like, a couple nights ago or whatever. Um, kind of wedged in between that and then, like, another just changing gears other stress dream was I was recording a gatekeeping video. And it was one of those dreams, because I had already actually recorded a video about gatekeeping on, like, what I call the meth and truck series, where I'm just at work in the truck recording I never posted it. Um, and so the dream was actually reflecting on that and then trying to do it and then like getting into a, like a Twitter fight and then not doing it. And it was just a weird dream. But when you talked about it, I'm like, clearly it's that like, clearly my conscience or my mind is like, Andrew, you got to do that video, right? Like clearly, like I, I felt some kind of stress about not releasing that to the world. It's kind of like when you have a dream about your teeth falling out, they say it's your, um, it's because you haven't oh. said you haven't said something, you know, like there's something that that's been eating away at you that you've you've needed to say. So that okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that dream so when you have that dream it means you're having communication problems. Usually that's the the pseudoscience, right? Um so you mentioned it for the topic. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. Before I dive into it and I'm really going to give you the sort of your take. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. mention something because gatekeeping is it's one of those, it almost is a malleable seeming topic. When I say gatekeeping, everybody in chat gang probably has a different understanding of what it means. And so mm-hmm. I want to at first kind of address the the academic side of it. So gatekeeping actually goes back to about 1922. It wasn't formalized, however, as a thing until 1943 by someone named Kurt Lewin. I personally encountered... Uh, he's a he's a social psychologist, so social psychologist term, right? I personally encountered gatekeeping when I was about 18 years old in a journalism class at college, a 200 level journalism class. Did you have a question? I saw the hand kind of go. No. Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, in this journalism class, I was talking about they were talking about how we were supposed to be unbiased in journalism, and I said that I don't believe you can be unbiased in journalism because by choosing a topic, you're automatically showing bias. And my teacher kind of, you know, I'm a smug 18-year-old who knows everything, right? My my professor kind of used this as a segue or a teaching opportunity to talk about gatekeeping. In in journalism, gatekeeping, as, as Kurt Lewin would put it, is essentially... That first thing I talked about, which is from a reporter choosing what to report on. From there, the editors choose which stories to publish. And then it can go even a a step further with like an advertiser carrying your thing or like some some publish, you know, some big conglomerate like choosing to like show that story. So gatekeeping, this actually happens in literature too. If I try to publish a book, old fuddy-duddies can be like, nah, we're not going to publish your book. So gatekeeping actually had a very, for a long time, had this connotation of what stories and what information was allowed to be out. The information side of things was being gatekept. Now, I think if you look up Urban Dictionary, it says pretty simply that gatekeeping is like, who can be a fan of what? And what counts as a fandom? And I think that's the definition Mm -hmm. people know a little bit more, uh, understand a little bit more. Right. 
And then I think there's another layer to that, like who's being gatekept, not just about like, not just about like, hey, you're not a true fan. It goes to women can't be fans of this thing, or you know, like it gets. There's a more insidious layer to that too. But I wanted to point out the sort of academic side of things that say, you probably, if you have a conflicting understanding of what gatekeeping means right now, you know, dear chat gang, dear listener, dear viewer, the it's because it is a it is a social psychological evolving term. And depending on where you encountered it and what your familiarity is, you're going to have a different understanding of it. So I want to get that out of the way, because I think when we say gatekeeping as a community in Age of Sigmar, we mean a little bit more of the urban dictionary version. Yes, I think you're completely right, because that's what I, I thought of it as. Like, like you're in, you can't be a fan of this. You're too new. You're enjoying this wrong. This is the way you have to enjoy it. And if you, if you like this this way, that's wrong. No, you, you have to like it just like I do. And therefore, and I'm holding the keys. And like, I remember doing stand up, even like it's being cognizant of it. We're like, uh, you see, a, a new overnight curious. Cause luckily, there was comics around me who were really friendly, but there's always comics who see new people and like, you're just taking up a slot. You're not any good. But of course, you're not going to be good because mm-hmm. you're just getting on stage for the first time mm-hmm. and you need that time to grow and all that stuff. And where it's like, when you want to be more inclusive, and more, and I have to fight this because I, when I look at narrative in my head initially, I'm like, what is this fan fiction? You know, but I'm like, but that's the way they enjoy the game. Right. And so do I want to play us with my brother who like, he tells me a name of his character and his backstory and why he, you know, before the new Seraphon book, well, no, this guy is actually one of these. And in my head, I'm like, I don't care, but, but I'm like, okay, I love my brother. So I'm going to listen to his story about his character. And then I'm going to shoot him off the table with my long strike. But <laughs> <laughs> and so like where you still want to be um i still like yeah and so where i'm like hey that's not how you play the game you know that would be gatekeeping to me where like you have to play like i you have to enjoy like i do or you weren't here and uh when the first ghb came out when i was here so you don't know what you can play about yeah. how you can play about Lumen when this that and the other but yeah, yeah i mean gatekeeping itself whilst has a negative connotation, is sort of a neutral thing. Gatekeeping happens at a bunch mm-hmm. of different levels, you know. Um, I think that it's important to be sort of explicit in the type of gatekeeping that, like, really let people play things that they enjoy and let them enjoy it, right? Like, I think that's the most, the purest hot take I've got. Razor, Razor Tree here saying, gatekeeping to me, anecdotal, uh, is stopping someone from playing because you don't like their style, army choice. And that's pretty. That's a pretty applied, applied definition to Age of Sigmar. And then real quick, takeover Mars dropped a thousand RDP to remind everyone checking ain't nothing to mess with. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I mean, there's this take or this understanding or this belief that the tenure of somebody's fandom, that is how long they've been a fan of something equates to worthiness of fandom i hate that i despise that like with your comedy thing we all start somewhere people talk about like oh like in before bandwagon lumineth players like why why do you hate that like everyone jumped on a bandwagon at some point if they stayed on they just became fans like when wolverine 
movies were coming out. Like, you know, I was a, I'm an OG Wolverine fan. I bet people don't even know his real name is James Howlett. You know, like, I remember that crap happening. <laughs> you know, like, why? You don't need to know all the minutia of something to enjoy it. That's what fandom is, is you, you enjoy the thing. And, and that ties back in with the FAQ. The part that bothered me the most about the FAQ reactions wasn't, wasn't people's positive or negative, negative takes about the FAQ. It was people saying you can't feel some kind of way. That bothered me. Gatekeeping for the same reason bothers me. This is one of the hills I will die on. This is one of the things I will, I will fight at every step throughout my content is, you know, gatekeeping bad. How just, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, all those bandwagon 21-year-olds starting to drink, hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man, Zach. Yeah, we all start somewhere. I mean, and gatekeep- gatekeeping people for their interests is rather dubious. Gatekeeping people for who they are is especially dubious. Like, I just let people play the thing. I like the thing. You like the thing, right? Now I'm talking to a general made-up person, right? You you like the thing, and, like, you have good taste. So, by association, if someone likes the thing that you like, they must also share your great taste. They're like you. <laughs> <laughs> and did I hear you mention Comic-Con? What's that? Uh, did I hear you mention Comic-Con, or is it just, I'm sorry? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. I like Comic Con though. I miss it. <laughs> uh, it's one of the nice things about getting back in shape. I can uh, cosplay again. <laughs> oh, you can cosplay at any time, my friend. It's just when you're comfortable with it, and it sounds like you're feeling more comfortable to cosplay again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, you know that's a that's a common gatekeeping that that I see happen is like people saying that you can't cosplay certain characters because you don't have the body type. Sure oh, they can. Yeah, that is sure true. they can. That is right. If they're comfortable with it, you know, it comes down to that person. What are they comfortable with? You know, uh, you know, I've always been comfortable, you know, cross playing because I, you know, clothing equaling gender has never been something that computed, like, like computed for me as a as like a kid growing up. Like I'm just like, you know, like look at this ancient, like medieval fighter in a literal skirt. Like, it, you know, I've never equated you know, masculinity or femininity to clothing. Other people might, right? Whatever. Think what you think, believe what you believe. I never did. So I was like, I, you know, I would, you know, cross play. It's called when you play like a, a different gendered character than yourself. Right. I would, I would cross play a character and like, wouldn't care, but you'd get that pushback of like, guys should be playing girl characters. Why? Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. it, the fandom gone. Oh yeah, yeah. Just that goes back to gatekeeping. You're, and like the way you pointed that out, like yeah, you're right. I could have. I mean, I couldn't because of COVID, but I didn't need to be. But it's, it was more comfortable for me to do. It's that. The, I mean, that is, the, uh, yeah, it's my aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. And that's. That's. You know, a person's own personal comfort level is is one of the most important things that we can. You know, in a, in any community, is like you got to feel comfortable there and and with yourself and stuff like that and. But like, yeah, cosplay whatever you want. Yeah, I don't. I'm. You're never gonna see me being that person. Like, oh, you can't be Sailor Moon because, you know, you're you're just a little too heavy. Or get out of here. People cosplay because it makes them feel good. They they like inhabiting that character concept or that you know 
you know, for for like one precious weekend at Comic Con or Gen Con, where I, you know, Gen Con, all the people with their elf elf ears, and like, yeah, when I was younger, I used to snicker, hoo hoo, dweebs, you know, like I remember being a kid, just like making fun of, like, look at this nerd who's somehow just a touch more dirtier than me. Now they're probably about as dirty as me. They're just more comfortable displaying it than mm-hmm. I was, and I was being vicious about it by mocking them. You know, I, I'm not proud of mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, but uh, great self, and then it's also where you can get that confidence. Like, yeah, not everybody. Like, you have you're worrying about yourself. Like, okay, somebody might not enjoy this, but do I like it? Do I know them? Like, I, letting somebody else's uh, like negativity influence you is like. It's it's freeing when you can get past that, which not it's it's difficult to do. You have to, it's like yeah, I work on it. You got to work on it. No, I mean you're you're right. It's it's hard. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've just cared less and less about what others think of me specifically. You know, it's my own thoughts of myself are the hardest thing to reconcile. You know, I to an extent I care about what people think of me in in just a general like I live in a society and you know I don't want people to think I'm a monster, but I don't care if you mm-hmm. think I like. Warhammer too much that I'm planning on going to Nova dressed like a skeleton necromancer. I don't, I don't, oh, you know, what? yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't think it's gonna, it probably Nova 2022. It's my plan to cosplay. Uh, Chuck Moore cannot oh. be the only one with a cosplay Warhammer trophy. I must win. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to get like a, like a, you know, skeleton gloves and, you know, like robes. And, you are cosplay as something at least one of the days i might not do all the days of Nova, it rough, but I rough. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like i mean it like i said like that that level of getting comfortable with yourself again and you know that that's its own mm-hmm. challenge but but from the that you can help people be more comfortable with themselves by not judging them you know yeah. and i think that's what the, at the core of it man zach i know this con- convo has gotten thick <laughs> I don't know if you get the deliberate extra eyes in there, given the subject matter, but I am curious about what you guys have been working on. Project chat or project theory crafting is my favorite. I'll go for, uh, so I am currently getting a uh, Lumineth Army commissioned, so I'm not working on that. But what I'm actually working on right now is 10 Shadow Warriors. There we go. Because I play uh, Cities of Sigmar, which I like to, uh, you know, it's like, you know, people say it's like a sandbox army because you can go, but it's it's also quicksand because you can get, if you're a completionist, is not the army for you because I have way too much stuff. And so I was starting to build a uh, the new Cities of Sigmar that can take Daughters of Cain stuff that came out in the Marathi book because I was like, oh, cool. And so now I have a Daughters of Cain army just because it, it is another, I also have a KO army just because the Tempest died. And I'm like, okay, this is a great deal. So. I'm uh, working on these Shadow Warriors, and then I will be painting up. Um, oh, this is a good question for the chat. And uh, you, uh, so I have twenty Sisters of Slaughter, and I have not enough twenty Sisters of Slaughter or Witch Elves on Sprue. <laughs> now, what should I build? Should I build more Sisters of Slaughter and go Kraith, or should I have a mix and get some daughters, uh, some Witch Elves in there? Uh, I I gotta I I gotta. I got a meme. You gotta, you gotta have more sisters of slaughter. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's... chat gang. What you. do you believe? More uh, kicker says uh, SOS. This is a slaughter. Uh, I love the pile. Yeah. I like the pile too. I think we're going into an interesting space with that pile. I'm, you know, yeah, they did all. Um, it was not all, but mostly Yeti army. I think I ended up with, uh, 
almost 30 yetis or something like that and just that pile-in mechanic is amazing it's a lot of fun it's because you can always just you get to retreat when it's you know it's your turn just so you choose all your fight you know pile back in yeah i actually don't have snakes i have uh only snake i have is marathi and this guy the the medusa Medusa, Medusa, yeah and yeah learning the names and yeah there i've I, and I, I was uh, kind of dunking on this model. He looks better in person, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah I might. Yeah, no, he's, actually. He's not. You know, like the, the standing, like the T-pose thing, even when you were holding it up there, it was, it was pretty quick. You could see the depth. Like he's actually kind of, the arms are back. Like he's, he's yeah, in yeah. the, he's at, there's actually a little bit more motion to the model than you realize when you see the picture because it's, it's mm-hmm. mid-stepping forward. Like it still looks statuesque and mm-hmm. should because that's the narrative of the piece. Um but mm-hmm. it's got a little bit more motion to it than I think people realize and, and a little bit more depth. Yeah. Um, let's see. I saw a comment up here. Oh, uh, what have I been working on? Is that do people care? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of Blood Bowl. Um, I got together the start. I've got a couple sprues left to go. Uh I moved all my st- I, I mo- rearranged my office so it used to be sitting on this table right here, um, but it's all I got together a bunch of Blood Bowl uh, building stuff, uh, rejiggering my office, uh, which is I consider it part of. No, it's not necessarily part of hobby, but it's part of uh, my projects because I plan to start doing a little bit more like video essay type stuff, like stuff exclusive for. Um, YouTube, where I just do like a little twenty-minute video or a thirty-minute video, some something in that area. I want to do, a, I want to do some short content. Now, the algorithm hates that I do both long-form and short and, and and short-term content, and it hates when you do more than one subject on your on your YouTube. So, like, I have video games, tabletop gaming, and and Warhammer. Um, it hates all of that. So, I don't. This isn't about like helping my channel per se via the algorithm but quite frankly i'm more than just warhammer I, everyone who watches rantcast knows this um but but like i i want to do more a, a wider breadth of content that brings in a little bit more of the stuff like we were talking about tonight with gatekeeping and general nerdery i want to do some more in-depth journalism you know i, I want to I want to get a little bit back to my like journalism roots and my writer roots. So I've been working on that. Um, and the major project, I guess I can talk about this is I started a new story. So I, I started writing a new, uh, um, Ooh, awesome. a new, it'll be, a, it Are should you... be about a novella, uh, length It'll be about 10,000 words. I think when it's done, um, 10,000, 11,000. So a good chunky story, but you know, in, in, in paperback, it'd be about the thickness of the great Gatsby or the catcher in the rye. So more of a novella than a full on, a novel about a, a couple. Uh, the one of them gets killed uh, in the like is alluded to having just been killed when the story starts, and the other one sort of survives the 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 mugging type thing. Uh, so they uh, kill themselves to go drag race the devil in hell for the soul of their beloved back. Um, it's Dante's Inferno meets Redline. Like, it's just a wacky, over-the-top story. I know I started to describe it. I'm like, this sounds really dour. It's actually, like, really tongue-in-cheek and, like, really over-the-top and weird. Like, um, at one point I'm describing, like, you know, because, of course, Hitler would be in hell. I'm describing Hitler in his, like, Hitler-mobile, where it's, like, a a tiki (laughs) torque 
locom I called a tiki torch locomotive. So if you can imagine this like steam engine with all these tiki torches on it and stuff like that, really making fun of you know some kind yeah, of movement. Yeah. Um, uh, so I described that and like they like he goes to shift it into gear and it explodes because it turns out hate makes a horrible fuel. I think is the line. Like, and uh, I'm there's uh, the Pope has a actually a pretty very slaneshy sort of gruesome uh, description because like the po it's uh, the blind Pope in his like retrofitted pope mobile and it's like more of a chariot with all the like the deacons like that he's looking the other way the really scathing stuff uh the devil is driving a uh a hot rod like a classical hot rod the engine exposed um with a chain license plate with the license plate s1 nn 3r sinner he's got like the fuzzy dice <laughs> in the window so, so it's just a really weird so like the real pope yeah exactly yeah so it's really like um it's super tongue in cheek. The metaphors are obvious. Like it's, and then it's just this story about like racing, you know, drag racing the devil in hell. Like it's just this really weird. It's a story I've been <clears> wanting to write for a long time, and I wasn't going to write it because I didn't want to start a new writing project. But I went to work on an old writing project, and I went to write a story to like get one published while I've been laid off, and none of it was coming together. And then I'm like, and then I just wrote the first sentence. And uh, and then, like, suddenly I had a whole page. And then I had a whole chapter. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's go back and outline this real quick. Because this is the, I knew the story I wanted to tell. I, I have the ending written. It's one sentence. Um, I know what it is. I won't spoil it. I hope to finish this thing. Um, I know the sentence, like, and how it ends. Um, it's it's a happy ending, actually. Uh, it's a weird ending. It's weird. Uh, but it's happy. Um and I have, like, chapter XXX, I call it, where, like, I have this the, the sort of, like, uh, you have what you call it, like, quiet moments, and the climax this, so you have to have, like, this, you know, so normally your story goes, and there's, like, a moment where, like, the characters just, like, get to have a breath, right? So I'm like, it would be really awesome if when, like, the race, like, he pulls over for the night to, like, do a pit stop style thing, this happens, and then, and then, and then, like, his love interest shows up with an electric guitar, like an axe, and, like, beats up a bunch of, like, the demons that show up, and then, so I wrote that, like, weird chapter just out of nowhere, because I know it's gonna roughly fall on my line, my plot line. Sorry. Super boring stuff. I, um, no, no, no. I, I, uh, do you have, uh, go ahead. Do you have any places where you can read your stories online? Do you have them on, like, uh, I could, yeah, uh, lulu.com is a self-publishing site. Um, I've, I'm featured in a couple anthologies on there. Um, so there's a end of the world writing party, uh, uh, edited and published by TCD wit. Uh, I have two stories available. One's called family man, um, about a guy who's a blue collar working slob goes home. Turns out he's like ex government program mutant type, you know? And, uh, so it's, it, that's a short story. That's, that's, I think about 1500 words. It, it, when you write for anthologies, you tend to have, like, a word limit that they're looking to fill. Because they, they have limited amount that they're trying, pardon me, that they're trying to release. And so, like, I'm like, okay, I've got a 1,500-word story for this anthology that loosely fits the theme of Darkness was the theme on that one. And so the, the premise was that, like, the first, the first sentence in that story is, I'm the bad guy in my own story, or I'm the villain in my own story. And so the whole premise is, like, this isn't about a superhero. This is about the bad guy who did bad stuff but then retired being pulled out of retirement by events and like <laughs> so 
<laughs> so that one's cool. Yeah, The End of the World Writing Party uh, by TC Duet. Uh, it's an anthology. So I'm featured in that one. I can get the links for people who care. Um, okay. And then I, the other one is uh, called uh, Desert City Blues. It's about a, a mechanic who talks to robots uh, in a post-apocalypse setting who tries to rescue her dad uh, from prison. And uh, so she, she doesn't know her dad's still alive. She finds out he's still alive. She goes to rescue him in prison. And uh, she's psychic and talks to robots. It's it's just a really... I tell weird stories. <laughs> like, it's, I... Have you ever like, uh, submitted to Black Library or done anything? I know Brent, Brent's a writer uh, from Real Ones. He's submitted to uh, Black Library a couple times. I, I, did, submit, uh, I did submit to your boy, uh, Doug. And he, he, his exact words were Mephisto submitted a story. I don't quite know what to make of it uh, because it was a story about Catacros uh, assaulting like this bone tower. Like I called it a bone scraper. So if you can imagine like a tower, like a, a, a skyscraper, skyscraper except made of bones to collect the tithe. And uh, like he shows up with like, like with accountants for like, like, I'm sorry, you've built this like tower too tall. And like, we, we're going to take 30% of it. So like they they show up to ta- <laughs> they show up to tax corn basically and a huge war fights out or a huge uh, fight breaks out and uh, and uh, a like a greater demon shows up to fight Catacross and Catacross defeats him with his codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I might now, read can we that yeah I can oh, get that one out that to one. the world yeah that, know, yeah uh, so jump. Rocco ended up winning the latest uh, Doug contest. Yeah, I didn't submit and for that. I, he asked me. Uh, he asked me to uh, proofread it, and so I want to take at least partial credit because I uh, gave him some notes. <laughs> yeah, no, and then I've got a bunch of what we call trunk stories. So um, writers, um, this is weird. I, I, no, I normally don't talk about my writing in this in depth. Uh, writers have what is called a writer's trunk. This is essentially the pile of rejected stories you have. And I have an immense one. So I have a bunch of stories that, like, never saw publishing. Uh, I won a writing contest for, like, a five-sentence story. Short story is, like, the most recent thing I did. Um, I'd have to, like, figure out where that that link is to that. Um, Five, like, like a, I think I did, like, a five-sentence horror story. So I won, like, a mini writing contest there. Um, It was, uh, uh, it was about a, it's, it's a very, it was sort of a haunted house story. Um, and, uh, the basic premise is you're getting each sentence is sort of a time jump. Um, and you don't, you don't really, it's one, it's, it's, it's like five sentences. It's like less, it's enough to fit in a tweet is what the contest was for essentially. It's enough to fit in a tweet. That's your limit. You have a character limit, 255, uh, words, um, and I think I came in at like 250. And so uh, it's just like uh, talks about like how the like these walls are haunted, uh, like now I haunt a new thing. And it's just this idea that there's like this uh, murderer, wrongfully accused sort who ends up in prison. And it's just this one, two, three, and it's it's a time skip to like uh, this little kid gets murdered. You know the context. It's a little kid because like it's talking about crayons on walls, and then like there's some regrets. And then in prison, and so it's just this weird, like esoteric. You think of, you read it a couple times, and the language is supposed to be evocative of the horror of, that is going on. The, you know, it, it, the way I describe the crayons as zigzagging. I want you to imagine that gesture of stabbing, where you know, if you're holding a crayon with your fist, you'd imagine that, right? That zigzag that goes along. So, 
so that was that um we well, want that's, that's awesome yeah. that's really cool yeah I, I um wrote a story called the patient a long time ago long time ago that was one of my first things i can't track that one down i reached out to the person who published that one this is right out of college they don't have a copy of it anymore so if you find a copy of a story somewhere by uh i used to write under andrew heggie i write under jv heggie now so my middle initials i have two and my last name just for one degree of separation between me and the stuff i write um because my stuff gets weird weird and dark um i wrote a story called the patient that was one of the first things it was about this patient who was diagnosed or this doctor who was diagnosing a patient and as they were diagnosing the patient it became it became aware to the reader that the patient didn't exist, the doctor was going crazy. So like they and they were going crazy to like cope with the 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 loss of their, um, I think it was their wife like died in a, a, a in like a fire, um, and then it, it becomes obvious that they set the fire. It's unclear whether it's incidental or or ac- accidental or intentional. If the 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 patient set the fire, it's meant to be. I want you to read into it your way. Um, they totally did it on purpose but you know <laughs> in my notes that in my notes i wrote it as they though they did it on purpose but i left it ambiguous um so that's going on um that i can't find that story though i don't remember it i i, I remember it fondly because it was that first thing i felt like i succeeded at but i i don't have it anymore mm-hmm. I, I need to find it um and then yeah just a, a boatload of trunk stories i've got a novel i'm working on beside the new one i just started and i've got a project i've been working on uh, to write a TV show with a friend. So, is it like hard to have, um, or is it kind of? Does it take less stress off your like, I guess, mind or whatever if you have multiple things? Because I know when I'm painting something, it's nice to also have I'm painting something else. Yeah. Because I can get burned out on this project. So, like, all right, I'm gonna hop over to uh, these guys. Yeah. But then you have a lot of fun stuff <laughs> floating around. It's it's good and bad, right? Because when you paint a mini and you finish a mini, you have a finished mini, right? Like that, there's mm-hmm. a good feeling there. Um, but if you're 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 working on like multiple big projects, like you're like I'm good because I have my army that I play, and now I just like like I'm gonna paint this model. But when I when I'm doing all the detail work and I get fatigued, I'd like to do some batch painting, something that goes a little quick quicker. I think writing's a lot like that for me. Some writers tell you like, no, work on one thing at one time. Um, for me. I always want to tell more than one story. Like, I, there's always a bunch of stories. A lot of writers and dirty creatives will tell you the hardest part of it is having another idea after the first one. I have usually I have plenty of ideas. It's and I can't I can't contain them. I need to get them out. Um, it's I mean the way I talk and how I'm just constantly a little bit all over the place. It, it, my mind is like that on the inside too for writing. It's um, when you read me in the written language, though, you get a very focused version of Mephisto. You get a very fo- you you get the focused, streamlined, straightforward version that you never get in a conversation because it's the craft that I'm practicing. It's the skill. It's the I'm taking out all those extra thoughts. Like, yeah, I wrote chapter XX because I don't know technically where it's going to follow my plot line, but I have my plot line. I go A B C D until it's over and then I put that in the right place I go back through I edit it all it all comes together and I go boom I've got this story that's concise the ideas are weird but like when you read it you go hey this goes from point A to the end and Mm -hmm. it's a story I don't I can't do that in conversation as well because it's a jumble of thoughts when I'm writing I feel like I'm 
I feel like I'm me because I finally get to cut through the noise that it is that is being me. I get to finally like like breathe. I don't write. People tell me a lot of people are you know like, like I write stories and I get down on myself because like I'll get a rejection letter right. Like I'm like I'm just mad. I'm sad. I'm upset. I don't feel good enough. My imposter syndrome kicks in. Why have I wasted 36 years of my life trying to be a storyteller and failing miserably when this other person out here is getting published for just their first story? Disgust, anger. You know, just it turns initial that reaction of like judging others turns internal, and then I take it out on myself. And uh, I don't really know how to c- cope with that so far. But people ask, like, well, you know, but you write because it makes you feel good. I'm like, it's not that simple. Finishing a story feels good. It feels good to finish a story. Writing is a battle. I don't write because I feel good the whole time I'm doing it. I write because I have to. Because it's in me, and it can't stay in me, because if it stays in me, I go crazy. I need to put it on the page, get rid of that story, and then I feel a little bit better when it's finished. But, like, then I feel bad when it gets rejected. And then I feel terrible when, like, someone reads it and says, this is crap. And I go, you know, I just spent, like, three months on that. Cool. I was listening to, uh, like, some audiobook uh, about the people who are hyper successful. They fall in love where they get their dopamine drips from the struggle of doing the object. Like, writing gives them the high, not finishing. Hmm. Like, when you enjoy the the grind when that's what you look forward to. Oh, I can't wait. Like, cause I would, I would, um, equate this to like my job. I'm really, you know, I'm my UPS driver job. I'm really good at my job. It's, it's not something I, but, but it's hard work, but hard work eventually just become work. It just becomes what you do. You don't recognize it as hard because it's your body's adapted to it. Your mind's adapted to it. This is what we do. And so it's like, I'm in the, this process now of learning how to edit. This is a new thing to me. It's like I have I, I need to always multitask. And this is something I have to focus on and do. Like I can't even play like first person shooters anymore because I need to be doing something else. I need to be painting while I take a turn in a video game, then do this for a little bit. Then I'm listening to an audiobook in the background. I just my mind is that way now. Uh, but just when you and I'm trying to enjoy just, you know, maybe I can listen to something. But I can't listen to anything else while I'm editing because I have to listen to the clip. Yeah. Cut here do this and like so being able to focus whereas you know like i'm like usually all over the place like okay i need to do this need to do this and then like okay and now this takes 10 hours of doing it half acidly but if i would have focused on it i probably could do it in three Hmm. but it's just one of the things trying to you know and they sell drugs for it but you know i'm just trying to okay i can i can force i've you know lost 115 pounds i mind over matter i can do this but it's just it's so yeah there's a, there's just enjoying that grind and that state. Do you do you enjoy the grind? Have you did you have to like teach yourself to enjoy that grind? Did you like yeah? I'm trying to in learning how to enjoy the grind. After I, I heard somebody talking about that, I was like, okay, yeah, because you like it's the day, setting goals are important, but you can always add when you hit your goal. Sometimes there's that crash where like, well, now what? But if you're the if you get to the point where like, ooh, now I get to grind again. Cause I, you know, and it's when you put out content, like I onto, I always like, all right, try and treat it like a cornerback, you know, uh, you're a football player, you get, uh, fan, yeah, yeah. you'll understand that where they have to treat every play as an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
okay, you know, you see people like, oh, dude, you just got burned that last play before. They have to get that out of their mind. Yeah, short memory. And yeah. Knock down or intercept the ball and celebrate, or just like, yes, I, I won. I got this individual thing because they have to compartmentalize each individual play. We're like, all right, I did a bat rep. That's out in the ether. On to the next one. Yeah. Like, you know, Brent Chew would be like, oh, it's doing good. The numbers are doing good. I'm like, I can't worry about that. I'm on to the next. Okay, who am I going to roll court with? What armies haven't we used for a while? All right, we need to uh, try to um, curate it uh, so that it's even match. Because the worst thing is, like, I have, I just recorded three bat reps. Two of them were one of those games that it's over. Like, we played Knife to the Heart, and it was over as soon as it could be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I should have took a little stronger list. But it's also, it's a day, game of death, you know. Uh, or the other one, like, okay, you try to explain to somebody. All right, so with... I was playing Iron Jaws, and I'm like, hey, with Mighty Destroyers, I can do a normal move, and then I can do a move, and then I can charge you. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And he's like, all right, you first. I'm like, okay. Now I killed your, you know, Ghoul King on Terrorgeist and your Arch Regent because you didn't understand that I, I can move, you know, you know, 24 inches and then charge you. And so I'm going to get to the stuff back there and smashing and bashing and kill both the things. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like you wasted some time because like I could maybe put that out there just to show that, hey, this is possible. Or do you try to be like, make it a little WWE-ish? And so, hey, let's, let's do, are we doing this for entertainment? Or, because I know this is a thing that I just, you know, like Mini War Game got eliminated double turn for AOS. And when I hear that, I'm like, but now you're not playing AOS. Yeah. You're playing like a group thing. Because AOS is this game. Now you're doing like open play or whatever you're making. But also it's like it came for newer people, you know, not to gatekeep or say anything, but newer people that is usually one of the biggest complaints is um, uh, uh, double turns, you know, and then, but just like that Thunder Tusk, just like, you know, those things, once you learn how to, oh, you can prepare to not get devastated if you get double turn yeah. by moving units to other places. So if you understand that that's part of the game and, uh, you know, do accordingly, like, you know, protect yourself and things like that, it becomes less of a uh, less of a divisive uh, issue. I, I mean, it's I mean, just real quick on that. I mean, it's, it's a super powerful effect. But, like, once you learn how to harness or buffer against it, it can be a real fun part of the game. Um, just uh, catch up here on chat. I see uh, uh, Tulilia showing up. She actually did a show with me a little while ago. Both both her and Razor Tree have both done shows uh, here on, on Rantcast. So, hello. How's it going? Great art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, she crushes uh, it every time she makes a vampire. Like they're all fantastic. You see her Neferata, she had some tiggle bitties, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the idea of an opposite, a opposite of an 07 movie where it's essentially the villain's point of view. I think that stuff's fun. Uh, I like, I like, I like playing with perspective in stories. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. Mephisto and JV Heggy are two different people. One of the things when I started doing, right before I started doing Rantcast, uh, AOS Coach kind of gave me some advice about, like, you know, this burning platform, like, or a frog on a lily pad, like, sort of allegory, and how, like, the frog's not going to jump off the lily pad while it's comfortable, so you got to, like, 
you got to make the frog jump by like maybe setting one of the lily pads behind it on fire and then it'll you know so whole thing like that um and one of the things he said about like because i was really upset about twitch like where twitch was going i had hit affiliate um on twitch and i hit, i was one of the the early affiliate program uh people like one of the one of the really really early ones to get affiliate um i don't lack for having the amount of subs required to become a partner but i could never i could never pull down the general numbers you need 75 constant viewers to become a partner and I was at 50, and I was right at the line, and I was, like, I was so close, right? Like, I was one solid marathon. I was doing a bunch of video game, like, RPG streams, like, tons of, like, tons of Final Fantasy, tons of stuff like that. I was, I was getting so close. And then I got hit with, like, just a bunch of problems in reality. All my momentum stopped. I went back to, to Twitch streaming, and I had two viewers come back. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I got to start all over again with the grind. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling defeated and coach telling me like, well, you know, like I need to sort of change gears and, you know, what do I really want to do? What type of content do I really want to make? You know, you can be mindful of the algorithm in all the ways, but like, what do you really want to do? The piece of the puzzle I still haven't solved from that original conversation is Mephisto the writer with Mephisto the podcaster. I don't know how to bring these two together. Um, you talk about... Age of Sigmar is is the niche of the niche of the niche. It's not even the most popular game made by Warhammer or made by Games yeah. Workshop, right? We're not even doing the popular one. If you did the 40k yeah. thing, it'd be a lot more stable, right? Like that you already like we're already in passion land. We're already in niche dumb. People are going to yeah. listen to a writer street. Go ahead. We had the conversation with Doug like uh you know cuz Doug was trying to like he wanted to do this full time, which like he thankfully he's doing it. Whereas just like and he'll have people gatekeeping him with the content he creates. Because some people, like, they associate you with one sort of content. You mentioned it, like, the type of videos they don't like if you put out a video. They want you to stay in your lane on uh, kind of. Whereas, like, like we were talking to Doug, like, hey, man, to do this full time, 40K needs to be on the platform just because there's so many people. But you risk out losing what brought you to the dance. That your core, If yeah. you try to go chase this. If you yeah. go try to chase these other big things and like, oh, I said, you always want to show love. And it's just, you know, we've never been like, oh, we're never going to do 40K, but we just don't play 40K. And it's yeah. like one of those. And we've tried Warcry. We've tried stuff set in this this universe that is AOS. And it's like, and we play stuff. But every time I play Warcry, and it's just a personal preference, every time I play Warcry, I'm like, well, what are their stats in AOS? If I play when I play Underworld, I'm like, okay, what are the stats in AOS? Because I'm like, okay, this is how long this long take, but I'd rather play AOS. Um, but that's just me personally. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, there's there's some, I mean, there's there's something going on there. Like, you, uh, I think it's not as hard for me as it is for for like rerolling one suddenly becomes a 40k channel, right? Like hypothetically speaking, like boom, we've done it. Like we're a 40k channel now. I I. I Mm -hmm. you're going to lose your like a lot of your audience right your the current audience that like loves you and you're going to have like your faith like you're going to have your like sort of faithful core group but you're going to lose a lot of that sort of like that that second tier of of fandom right you're going to get new fans people are going to love what you do cuz you guys are good at what you do but you're going to lose and and maybe this goes back to that responsibility thing where like I do feel a little beholden to the the people who help, you know 
like Drake started from the bottom. Now we're here. Like the, the, you know, the, the whole crew is with me. I feel beho- beholden to my audience, to, to chat gang that helped me get here. You know, I think about the, the yeah. rantathon we did, who the hell on this planet would have predicted that an AOS podcaster could do a show for mental health charity and like do good. And I like, yeah. I didn't do it by appealing to 40k. I didn't, you know, like we had a 40k block and we had a 40k like prize there because people, you know, that's just off of what people donated to us. But we stayed, y'all, y'all were on like the, the rerolling ones crew. Like we, we just AOS, you know, for the most part. And like, I feel uh, that's, uh, the birthplace of, uh, was it, uh, Muppets? In Muppets Evolved, yeah. Oh, yeah. Muppets yeah. 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 It's, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Was that? Did we come up on year? That was about a year, July. Yeah, yeah. We're we're making we're, we're working on the second one right now. Uh, it turns out yeah, that well, I did I'll, something. Huh? I'll vol- I'll volunteer the Reroving Ones crew. Yeah, yeah, good, good. I expect you okay. back. Um, no, I I mean, and that's the thing is like now it's like well how there was no expectation for that first one. How do we make it? Now there is expectations, which makes it way harder. Um, but uh, you know, I was, I was just a, a a boy in a dream. <laughs> but no, the, the point is, I feel beholden to everybody that's gotten to me where I am now, and it's like one thing that I I'm pretty grateful for is I think that the way I've I've always kind of approached my content as like, hey, you're gonna get a grab bag of conversation. You're gonna show up. Jack's going to come on. We're going to end up talking about wrestling and uh, Warhammer and comedy and <laughs> not like, Slanesh. yeah, not Slanesh at all. Like, like I run a show like that. Like it makes it really, really hard to like appease the algorithm and to like grow momentum with my stream and stuff like that. Because like, I don't have that like man reviews book you're interested in grab. I just, I, I don't get that, but it does mean the people who are here are like, you know, like, that that chat gag is like yo we're you know we're here for this this is what we come for and so like i don't have that same barrier that doug does or or you guys would where you're like okay i switched to 40k but i still feel that what got me here is what i gotta keep doing i gotta keep mm-hmm. like i can never not yeah. do rant cast like i yeah. you know, if i do a second the the only like my options are do a second show not not do rant cast i got like this is this is who i am um and, and there and there are uh, definitely, like, there are people who will be like, well, they're like, this is something we, uh, at we really ones, we end up with, like, and it's something where I feel like liberated, not caring about it. Like, well, people only watch this far, then they jump ahead and then do this. Mm-hmm. But in my head, but like, not everybody does there. There are people who watch the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, and so, and it's like, okay, there are people who do that. But there are also people who watch the whole thing. You can't be like, well, uh, I still want to reward the people who enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you're always going to have you know the 30-30-30 rule, right? 30% of people mm-hmm. always going to hate you. 30% are always going to love you. And, and you got that sort of transient 30%. Like, um, and that's where it's important to just you know keep being you and keep doing what you do and you know refining it, right? Learning from it, getting better at what you do. Um, but you know, I, I got a question for you, just as we were kind of all spiraling around this. Um, I'll figure out a way. I think it's Me- Me- Mephisto's Masterpiece Theater. I'm going to start reading some of my own fiction and general Ooh. fiction. We'll start doing something like that. I gave Rocco the idea, like but since that. he's doing instructional videos, uh, Rocco, I'm taking yeah. my idea back. I love you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but it's no longer Rocco's Masterpiece Theater. You can guest on it, buddy. But uh, 
Mephisto's Masterpiece Theater. Yeah. It's, I love that. Yeah, I'll get, get a little wig. I've got the fireplace. I'll get a log in there. Like, I'll go, oh, hello. You know, just like start reading a book or something. Oh, that, that is a show. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't wait. Um, but no, um, I, so I, I one of the things I struggle with is like imposter, the, uh, imposter syndrome. You were talking about like a, you watch like a TED Talk or a podcast you're listening to about sort of like being the – enjoying the grind right and being more successful that way yeah. one of the things that that i'm aware of and i know many people in the community experience like the imposter syndrome that idea that you get there and you're like you get in the room right like you get in the room and you're like you're like they're all gonna find out that i don't belong yeah. in the room <laughs> like do, do you he's like oh my gosh, this opportunity i think i'm funny i can make people laugh but there's a there's a new – this is the biggest club uh, in the city. And now I'm like, oh, man, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. And then you're in your head like, wait, wait, I should be here. But the, sometimes you get places where you shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, well, I shouldn't have been up there. <laughs> who, told me, who put me up there? I was not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, do, do you ever – like, is there ever that moment when, like, you were the re-rolling ones crew? Like, you, you've got that video and you're just like, you're looking at maybe – you know, you're getting told the metrics, uh, you know, you're trying to pay attention to it. You move on to the next thing. Do you ever have that moment where you're like, whoa, and you just like look at around like, like we're here. Do you, when you're recording your stuff? Oh, that happens occasionally. We're, we're all, we're all like, my favorite thing, it, it really sucked with uh, COVID. My favorite thing is when we're all together, the three of us, and we're doing a sketch and we're, it's like a big pot of gumbo and we're each putting our seasoning in it. I'm like, oh, what, what about this? But what about this? And then those are my favorite sketches. And then we're like, we knocked that one out of the park. And then when you see the uh, initial responses and I love that, or when it's a great game you get, and like, they'll get like, oh wow, we're already at 10,000. I'm like, oh wow, that was, is that the fastest? And like, and sometimes you can be competitive. You can be competitive like, okay, when we first started, we were started with, uh, you know, we I think, you know, there were a few battle report channels that started that were ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And we just had internal. We never talked trash like out there internal. OK, we can pass these guys. Yes. Uh, we're coming up on them. Oh, we're liking our stuff. Oh, we pass these guys. And then we look on. Oh, we pass these guys. And then we like and it's, you know, you get to the point where you're like you want to keep growing. And then you also have to be cognitive, uh, cognitive enough and self-reflective where you look at like, Oh, our channel is sputtering because we're not, we're putting out content maybe once every two months mm -hmm. just because it is not getting together. We're not able to get together. We're not doing what we, and you like, you get, there's burnout, there's all this stuff. And then you're like, or one, one person is not as enthusiastic as somebody else. Yeah, so you're like, got okay, a new, new family or a new, new girl in their life or something like that. Right. Like you, or you can't get together and you can't, one of the things like you can't say how serious somebody has to take this. If somebody doesn't want to meet anybody because they're staying at home, you can't be like, "Oh, well, come on, we'll have masks." No, no, they're they're not comfortable with leaving. They're gonna, they're on lockdown, and so uh, for a while, me and she were getting together. You know, we still mask up, and we're just following our local guidelines. How many people the you know the government is saying we can get together? For now, we're on like phase three, so like all of us are excited again. All of us, we're gonna get back together, and uh, and so our, I want to ramp back up the content. And so to reward and thank people who stayed with us, try to attract more people and, you know, grow to 20,000, 25,000 is how long until, you know, till we're done with this because we can be done with this. Yeah. We're just like, all right, 
that was just because I did stand up. I was now like that's kind of in my past. I would you know love to get on stage again, but uh, and there's like I was really into MMA. That was in my past. Uh, you know now I'll watch a fight occasionally, and so may it might be like AOS will have its sunset, but I will never forget the friends I've made. I will still you know. I probably will trim down some of the armies I have. I don't need like nine or 10. <laughs> I might sell some stuff as seen on Rewind once. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the ride right now. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting excited because my kids, uh, my especially my oldest, he's showing interest in AOS. He likes 40K. I'm trying to beat that out of him. But, uh, but and so he wants to play. He has fleshy decords. And it's, it's like sharing that and connecting with it and using it as a tool to bond. I like it. Yeah, right on. Right on. Uh, you know, I think that that's a, just a beautiful point to sign off on, honestly. Um, any any last uh, soapbox moments? Anything you w- want to revisit? Any Anything you want to put on blast or shout out? Uh, try to find our commonalities. You know, like we all enjoy this game that is AOS. You know, we can have different viewpoints, but like to we don't have to be nasty with each other. I try to be positive uh, and it's it's not easy. It's work. You know, yeah. It's work to be positive it's just uh yeah and i want to just thank the community for sticking with us and uh, sticking with uh, uh mr Mef, uh the new the new people who are getting online to create oh, yeah. content uh rocco and uh craig are take over mars waiting for soren he's gonna hop on there raise yeah. the tree hardest working man at OS. and uh yeah just producing content it's it's one of those things like it's it's definitely sometimes we got lucky we got because we started at the right place. The game starting to blow up, and just like, you know, put something out there if you want to make content. The community is great. We're very supportive. You know, we'll all let me know. I'll retweet you to my followers, and so <laughs> the more content, the better. And that's yeah, how, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I mean, it 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 just it makes that world feel like a little bit smaller place. You know, uh, like you you know people, you get more connected. You're you're shouting out somebody on their show or you're watching their show and listening to seeing something they did and responding to it on yours. It just, it makes part of that makes the world feel a little bit more connected. And that's, that's why I love gaming. I think it brings people together. Uh, Like it is that like at the, the, the AOS table of life, you can come from anywhere, (laughs) set up your army and just throw dice. And I think that's what makes it beautiful. Um, it's like you realize we're all just people. I used to be a guy listening to Warhammer Weekly, listening to MC One Gamer, all these guys talking about AOS. Like, what is going on? Explain to me what happened in the old world. Catching up on old things, and then you, you become your fan, and then you can become a peer. And like I'm friends, with, like I was talking with uh, Rocco, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I was, I was playing, uh, I was playing Soulbound with Mr. Meth and Tom and Vince," and I'm like. And he was just, I'm like, who are you bragging to, man? You should be intimidated when you send me messages, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's just flexing. Oh, man. Love you, Rocco. Yeah, yeah. A lot of great yeah. content creators out there. Uh, watch them all. Consume all their stuff. Uh, you know, chat gang. I think that that's it for episode 85. I am, of course, a magical Mr. Mephisto, joined tonight by Jack from Rerolling Ones, uh, the some of the best battle reps you'll ever watch, and certainly the best cold opens in the business. Check their stuff out. Checking you're the reason we do this thing. I haven't said this one in a while. Drink your milk, pay your taxes, be excellent to each other. We're out. <laughs>